This week on Log It, we talk about the Justin Lin classic, The Fast and the Furious, Tokyo Drift. I'm joined by Ian and Angelo to talk about last four and franchises we have no interest in. Ian, Angelo, how's it going? What's up? How are you guys doing? Doing good, doing good. Good? Pretty good. Pretty good. Ian, um... You've um, been, uh, you know, absent a little bit. Do you want to tell people? COVID, baby. Lockdown. I've been in core, quarantine. This is my last day. Congratulations that you made it through. We're sad to have missed you. I got myself a a commemorative t-shirt. I survived quarantine. No, no, (laughs) I wish I did. I survived. (laughs) I've survived my second second, uh, go at this. So that's good. That's horrible. Yeah. But it did leave some time to watch a couple of movies. I actually kind of wish I watched I watched more than when I did, but that's for another time. <laughs> but yeah, feeling better. Thank Good. you. Glad to hear that. And glad to have you back today for last four. Be leaving after last four just because you're still sick and busy, but Angelo, how are you doing? Doing good. Can't complain. I'm here living, breathing. Is it still hot? Yeah, it's been pretty warm. It's been fluctuating. It's been like sunny hot then it gets to humid hot when the clouds come and you get these Mm. like tropical kind of drizzles around so it's been it's been fluctuating around here what are we talking about what's the degrees (laughs) what are we working with near the hundreds last week and this week's are like late 80s 90s but then it'd be cloudy that's disgusting yeah (laughs) one could say though it's perfect weather to go see a movie at a movie theater though that's true that is true i'm just saying Get the nice AC and get some nice, you know, ICs at the theater. So there you go, there you go. Well, it sounds like both of you guys had uh, prime movie watching conditions this week, so I expect great things from your last fours. First, I wanted to ask you guys a question, a quick question about movies and how you watch them. I want to know if you guys have any uh, film franchises. This is the era of franchises and sequels and spinoffs if there are any film franchises that are really popular or, or at least successful and have been around for a long time uh, that you have just no interest or love towards, like you've seen them and you just don't care about them or you will never watch them. Um, uh, Ian. Yeah. So I have to go with, cause I've only, I've only seen the first movie and then it, I just completely fell off. And this is a, a, um, a story that I actually really like. This is the Fantastic Beasts movies. Nice. I am a I do like Harry Potter. I'm a big Harry Potter guy. But these movies, well, they're dog shit. At least the first the first one was okay. <laughs> I remember liking the first one. And then the rest I I think the whole franchise was just in like immersed in so much turmoil. Like they're like I think they cast who who's the main baddie? Do you guys know? Grindelwald? Is that his name? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Johnny Depp turned uh, Mads Mikkelsen. Johnny Depp. Oh, Colin Farrell first, right? And Colin, Colin Farrell. Farrell yeah. turned Johnny Depp turned Mads yeah. Mikkelsen. Absolutely crazy. <laughs> the main guy is not even in the movie. Like, it's not even his story anymore. Who's the Newt Scamander? Yeah, mm. Newt Scamander. Yeah. I don't even know who plays him. I forgot. Eddie That's how Redman. much I don't care. Um, yes, thank you. Oscar winner. Eddie yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, <laughs> and he's he's good in those. I like in him. my opinion. He's fine. Yeah. He's not the problem. So I would say those movies for sure, just because I just couldn't care less. And also the um, the latest Jurassic World movies. I watched the first one. And I remember liking the first one. I thought that one was actually pretty, 
pretty fun. I like the whole amusement park, Jurassic uh, amusement park world and that that story. And then the rest of it, I just, I just, I yeah. couldn't care less. So those are those are it for me. I mean, and I, I think they're bad. So I feel those justified. I definitely agree with, like especially yeah. Jurassic World. The first yeah. one was like, like you said, like palatable, especially the first half where because it was fun mm-hmm. seeing the new park, and then everything since then. I love yeah, the new that's, park. That's about it. Chris Pratt is like unwatchable in those part. movies, and what's her name is also <laughs> truthfully though it went to his head, man. <laughs> so Angelo, what about you, man? So this is another franchise where I actually saw the first two, and I just don't feel like watching the next. I don't know five or seven of them. It was the Resident Evil franchise. Uh, and oh my god! I like the I like the games. I play. I have some history with playing the games, but just the yeah. movies, I just. I get bored and I just do not care. Just, to me, they were okay. I've seen better zombie like movies, you know, versus like the game it's based off of. It's, you know, I think there's a big difference. Yeah, they're like nothing like the game, right? The movies are just its own thing completely. Not really. Like, I, I haven't played all of them, but I guess right. like they just kind of mix around like the stories and just a typical video game adaptation where I just feel right. like I feel like they could be better. I don't know. I, I just I, I haven't seen them in a while, but I've, but for a long time, every time they kept popping up a movie every like year or two, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, I don't care. Like, I, and they're still trying to reboot it. it too. Yeah, and failing Netflix, miserably. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've not seen it, but I heard not so good stuff about it. Right. And then the other franchise I just don't have interest in watching is the Divergent series. I just never had interest. Just thought you guys are just doing another Hunger Games. And I know it's based off a book, but I just still get the vibes from the preview. Just don't have interest. And maybe there's good stuff, but just a lot of other things to watch in this world. Yeah. So I don't know. I feel like we might have just been a little too old for those movies, too. That, too. Came out, like, what, past our time? Like, past high school. And I felt like Hunger Games was, like, a knockoff of Harry Potter to a degree. So like when I remember when the books came out, it felt like I was like, I already, I already did like Harry Potter. Like I don't need to do hunger games. Yeah. Cause I feel like I agree with hunger games. I don't know if I've ever watched the final movie. And I feel like part of it was just like the world of Harry Potter. And you're talking about a book to a movie. There's so much stuff to see and so much things that you want to see represented as a, in, in real life. And then hunger games, like, especially the first book it's all like in a in a little like poor village like a russian poor village basically visually and then like a field of trees the whole movie so it's like the the interest in like a series that's just like set in like you know nothing interesting frankly visually yeah. versus like harry potter i'm like i'll probably never rewatch any of the hunger games i have no, no interest so I, I agree with that one fully and and, and i saw them in theaters when they came out yeah. at least the first couple but still just nothing yeah. no special spot yeah i also stopped i stopped reading during that time <laughs> yeah. so like i had no connection with the books yeah you know totally. what i mean like, don't know nah, not interested i don't care <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. na na y a n a y a n a oh the lego movie stuff love the first one. Oh, love wow. it great movie but mm-hmm. i do think it was more of a creative vision from the filmmakers then uh set up for a franchise of lego movies i'd want to watch because mm. loved the first uh phil miller chris lord lego movie awesome batman really did not enjoy watching the batman lego movie and then lego movie 2 also was oh, no. just kind of i don't really remember so those if they keep making like like superman lego movie and like the avengers lego movies like it's just like the lego games really don't have much interest in them 
It's cute. They're for and kids, fun, you know. But I'm an adult. Thank you very much. Do you see, I got yeah. a beard. <laughs> we play with Roblox now. <laughs> no, and I love kid games and kid stuff. But for some reason, Lego ones just like that style of like humor yeah. just like doesn't do anything for me on its own. I haven't seen any of those. Even the first one. I've never seen them. And I was really good. I know. I like. I mean, I remember seeing the trailer and being like, whoa, <laughs> cool. And I was a big Lego kid. Love Legos. Same. Yeah. But I, I hear you, Caleb, because I feel like the first one was like this little, you know, special movie. And I felt like each one is just going to keep replicating the exact same thing yeah. that they've done. Mm-hmm. The humor, especially Lego Batman. I've only seen it once, but from my memories, I could kind of see it being annoying. Yeah, it's just the same joke over and over about He lives Batman. in the shadows, you know? But they even did the yeah, Lego movie, too. I've not watched and I don't think I've watched the Lego Ninjago movie, which also came out to what? theaters. So wow. there is like a, a lot more. Than the Lego version? <laughs> Lego Ninjago, yeah. Were you guys Bionicle kids? Remember Bionicles? I miss Bionicles. Yeah, I had Bionicle. What? Yeah. I remember I them, but I didn't ever get them or anything. I had I had a few. We should, th- now there's a franchise we should get into. Because that was like a TV show and everything. That had like a whole lore and everything, right? Yeah, yeah. they had movies. Fun. Yeah, like kind of like the Ninjago stuff. It was like, yeah, like it was your teenagers Legos. OK, <laughs> we should find the Lego streaming service to find all this stuff. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd, be fun. it'd be fun. There was a really cool open world video game that I had. That was like a Lego video game. It was really cool. I... And like you like you were like on oh an island. Gosh. It was yeah, like I for PC. That. Totally. Do you know like Lego that? Island yeah. or something like that? Yeah, it was Lego that... Island. Uh-huh. That's exactly it. Lego is cool. But I stand by my decision not to watch any more of the movies. <laughs> I, w- I concur Lego is cool. I won't fall to your soft persuasion, Ian. The nostalgia's kicking in. It's not yeah. working, though. <laughs> 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 um, oh, that was awesome. Well, thank you for indulging uh, my random question. And a little bit of deja vu in that first section. I don't know why, but we'll move on now to last four. Uh Angelo, are you uh wanna do you wanna kick this off with your last four? Okay, sure. Let me look at my last four. So the first of the four, I watched uh the original Suspiria from nineteen seventy-seven nice. mm. by Dario Argento. And the film I watched after popped in a Blu-ray because the movie turned fifty years old is uh wow. George Lucas's American Graffiti. Nice. Oh nice. Still haven't seen it. Really good, really good. And then the film after, it's just the film we're going to talk about today is The Fast and the Furious, Tokyo Drift. It's my third movie. And then the last one I watched last night, right after Tokyo Drift, was a movie called Tokyo Drifter. Oh, my gosh. From 1966. Whoa, cool. I'm excited <laughs> oh my to hear God. about that. I, like, I had to. I, I just saw it pop up on the Criterion <laughs> channel. I'm like, I got to watch another Tokyo Drift movie that's not oh. a car movie. Yeah, it's like a hitman movie from the Japanese film. Right. It looks crazy. Badass. It is crazy. The cover is cool. They did, I feel like that was the spark of the whole, all the stuff you see from the 70s, or even, Uh, I think it's even more stylized and better than even the Bond films, which came out the same time. And I feel like these were like the seeds to what we get with John Wick and all these action movies now. But that was like one of the earlier ones and had a lot of appreciation for the. The filmmaking on it so did you know about this before you watched it or was this uh just something you put on because of the name so i was only uh, only watched it because it's been it's been on my list for a while i've seen this poster and always thought it looked really cool 
And then I just Googled Tokyo Drift and, and, and obviously Fast and the Furious came up, but then this other movie came up called Tokyo Drifter and they said it's streaming on Criterion. I'm like, I got to cool, watch dude, this. I love like, that. <laughs> right after, even though it's not the same exact movie, but just the same no, titles. Dude, that's and, cool. uh, just, like, Is Suspiria scary, Angelo? <laughs> uh a little bit the soundtrack has all these like whispers and depending on which sound like how your surround sound is there's like okay. whispers in the soundtracks that cool. gives me chills so um it's not I, too bad it's pretty violent but it's really oh, stylized it yeah okay i did watch list it because i know they remade it right yeah uh luca guadagnino didn't yeah get it. they call him okay. by her name which also was an interesting remake because it was not exactly like the original they did a whole different like spin to it Got it. I, it's piqued my interest because it sounds the title. It's cool, Suspiria. That's a, that's yeah. a cool title. It just looks intriguing. And um, yeah. the Radiohead lead singer did music for the new the new one, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That was one of the reasons yeah, why it's exciting. It feels like a Tom Radiohead music video and aspects. What? That's yeah, badass. Cool. Okay. Yeah, the soundtrack's fantastic. Definitely recommend both. And okay. Be interesting because people tend to who love the original tend to hate the hmm. remake. But I also like hmm. love the original, but I also like the remake. So I don't know. I think hmm. there's things good things to find in there. Some good filmmaking and especially in, in both. Is it just because so. he did his own thing too much, according to people, the critics? Yeah, it seems like people love more of the, you know, the the style of the you know the seventies giallo Italian horror, like the way it's lit. It's mm-hmm. iconic, and this new movie is a little more like doesn't have those vibrant mm-hmm. colors like the original so i could see that being mm-hmm. like a, a throw off for some people but again they weren't trying to remake it exactly even though it is yeah. a remake but it's its own like new thing kind of new story as well interesting so. well that's cool man that was a that was an awesome yeah. last four and you don't have to get into it but i know beyond your last four you did a really cool movie marathon at the new beverly recently and you don't have to get super into because i know Ooh. there was a lot going on but do you mind just t- kind of telling what you, what you did? Cause it just sounded awesome. So on Labor Day, I went to the new Beverly's Labor Day slashathon where they were going to show four mysterious slashers. Mm. Like we don't know what movies they're going to be. You just go in, they show some trailers that kind of hints, which, which you're going to watch. Mm-hmm. And they had, they, they were screening four movies. I only saw three of them because the last one just, it, it started, but somebody was, there was something happening. I think some guy was like, having like a seizure or a panic oh attack God. so they had to like stop the movie that's terrifying the paramedics i mean he seems okay i, I mean i was worried at the moment i was like oh crap yeah like 20 minutes here in silence like i don't know what's happening and it was he sat up in the front so i was a little in the middle of this area so they were far away so i'm just sitting there like nervous and like oh man hope this guy doesn't die because he's just watching a movie seriously you know? especially a thrasher thon like that just feels like so yeah. weird you're like is this performative it's not but what do we do yeah that's crazy. Yeah, especially you're watching movies that are people getting massacred right. and when a real life like, you know, incident happens, it's just more terrifying than any of the movies. Kind of takes the fun out of the slasher movies, I imagine. Yeah, it's just yeah, it was it was sad, but I mean, luckily he was breathing. They rolled him out. He seemed like he was okay, but they were rushed. They brought him to the hospital still. So, that's good. But that event I was really interested in. So basically it's like four movies, but you don't know what you're seeing. You just know it's going to be Labor Day yeah. themed with slashers, right? Yeah. In a way, they, they try to do their best to make it a Labor Day-ish theme. So that's so fun. It was a lot of fun. And a lot of these two movies I never watched out of the – actually three of them I haven't seen out of the four. First one was House on Sorority Row from 1982. 
pretty much Friday the 13th mm. in a sorority house. Nice. I guess you could say like Black Christmas, but it's uh, it was cool. It was it was a fun like 80s, you know, like t- cheap horror movie. It had laughs. People were laughing, having yeah. a good time. And then there's a second movie from 1988, Too Beautiful to Die. I think it's an Italian production, but like, because I feel like sometimes the voices just seems overdubbed. <laughs> oh, <Okay. laughs> And it's shot like a Michael Mann, Tony Scott movie, but the acting is just like, oh, I don't know. This just kills this beautiful shot. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I admired it, though. We were, everyone was laughing. We are having a good time. And then the, the third movie was so random. I've not seen it since it came out on DVD. was 2005's remake of House of Wax with uh, Chad Michael Murray, Paris Hilton. I remember Hilton. that oh, one. Paris Hilton, yeah. yeah. I saw that. <laughs> um, it was a, a throw, throwback movie, which was it was fun. I actually have because I haven't seen it in such a long time, so it was refreshing mm. watching it again. But it was interesting. It was an interesting pick after the first two, I guess, because people go out of town on Labor Day, so I guess that's right. like a thing uh, why they picked it. And the fourth film that we were about to watch, but we uh, ended up stopping, was the it was a film called Doctor Giggles, which I've never never seen or even heard of. But it's from Universal. Doctor Giggles. <laughs> yeah, it's like a. From the from what I got mm. from the beginning is like there's uh, people on the psych board and you find out like the the people the patients are have taken over the doctors and are trying to control this like little asylum. Oh wow! But yeah, only watched the first ten minutes of that movie, which maybe I'll get back to down the road for the incident. Well, that's fun. You have an appointment with Doctor Giggles. <laughs> I just love the idea of that kind of movie marathon, and I like that going in blind is mm. just kind of fun because there's less you feel less stakes, I guess. Like if there's a movie I know I'm watching, I get like, am yeah. I going to like it? Are these, tr-? you know, so I thought that was interesting yeah, yeah, and, and sounded really fun. Yeah. And they do it once a month. Yeah. They always have random marathons. That's cool. Is it usually themed? I guess it would be right. For yeah. The most part. Like, like this, this one's Labor Day and then the other one coming up will be Halloween. So it will be just like all a bunch of random horror movies. They should have done labor movies. <laughs> <laughs> a labor movie marathon. That's hilarious. Can't I was going to say. off the top of my head. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there are definitely, there are I definitely can some. so many scenes. Sure. Uh, well, I'll go real quick before I pass it off to Ian, because I only have one movie this week. It was The Fast and the Furious, Tokyo Drift. Uh, I actually had family in town this weekend, so uh, we just didn't watch any movies, I guess. I thought I had, actually, but. That's all I got, and I enjoyed it, and I'm excited to talk about it. But first, Ian, last four. Caleb, real quick, did you see that movie before? Have you seen that Tokyo movie? Tokyo Drift? Yeah. Yes. At one point, me and my wife did the first, like, six or seven Fast and the Furious in, like, a weekend. Mm. Oh, nice. And I didn't remember it super well until I watched it. And then watching it last night again, I was like, oh, yeah, I totally remember this. Yeah, back, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've never seen it, but I remember I... My wife and I got like sushi like six months ago after she got nice. work and we went to this place and they were showing Tokyo Drift on all of the big screen TVs. Oh, nice. Like around the bar and stuff. So like, but it was on mute. So like I was eating, watching it while eating and I was like, interesting. There's like a, there's like a boarding school or something. Like there's a lot of school uniforms going on. Mm. I didn't really know what I was watching, but I was like, oh interesting. Okay. <laughs> it's kind of cool with the sound off. It was kind of like Yeah, it's some good visuals anyway. In there. I was gonna say that is one yeah. you could probably yeah, yeah. watch on silent and do do okay because there's just so much fun car stuff and the cars are so visually striking. Yeah. Right. So that's pretty hilarious. What was your impression of it based on that minimal experience? I don't know because I I think it, 
the Fast and Furious franchise, going back to your question at the beginning, is something that I feel like I would never mm, watch. Cool. And I just, I'm not a big car guy, mm -hmm. but the more and more I hear about these movies and the more ridiculous they sound and how they're just essentially like superhero movies <laughs> kind of piqued my interest. So I'm like, this sounds wild. Like I would like to, I just want to see the evolution yeah. of it all. Like, how do you go from like really grounded street car racing to uh, driving a car in space? Like, I don't know how that adds up, but I'm, I'm intrigued to find out. And I kind of want to know the lore. I kind of want to know who the these people are. <laughs> so maybe, maybe I, I think I think if anything, it it, it did pique my interest a yeah. little bit. I probably will watch them at some point. Hopefully, yeah. I get COVID again <laughs> and I can watch them. Well, yeah. we'll we'll Which we'll get into. Yeah, I was gonna say I'll, I'm gonna tease a little bit, but this one did really have some fun universe building moments. Mm -hmm. mm. There's a Sam Jackson in Iron Man level cameo Ooh, at it. the very end. That's just like, mm -hmm. yeah, no, oh, mm -hmm. wow. Yeah, yeah. Amelia. <laughs> Crowd going wild. So, so it's fun. And I'm excited to talk about it, but I'll be curious. It'll be fun to hear. Hopefully the last four, maybe some Fast and the Furious come up in the future where you decide to give we'll it a see. shot. Because they are, they are really fun we'll and they are super camp. But if you just embrace the camp of it. Yeah. Anyway. Last four, Ian. I'd love to hear your last four. Well, in terms of embracing the camp. <laughs> yes, sir. The first movie I of my last four, I'm dipping my toes back into a film franchise, and I watched 2011's Kenneth Branagh's Thor. Wow. Of the MCU-verse. This movie is wild. Again, like... Like now knowing what it, what this has become, it's so it's almost like quaint. This movie feels like very like nubile and just like almost cute. I don't know. There's like a sincerity and it's Kenneth Branagh who's like known for just all of his Shakespearean works and things yeah. like that. It's blonde eyebrowed Thor. You know, that was like the, that's like the first thing I noticed. I was like, oh, he has blonde eyebrows. <laughs> it's really sincere. Like the movie on its face is like really sincere. And I did enjoy it. I actually think it was pretty fun, even though parts of it where I'm just like, God, this sucks so much. Uh, Anthony Hop Anthony Hopkins is Odin and he just like just chews up the scenery. He's so good in this movie. It's insane. I like and like half of the movie, he's just asleep in it. He goes into what is called the Odin sleep, which is a thing in this movie. But he's in it for like maybe 20 minutes total. But he's so good every time he's on screen. I don't know. I think Chris Hemsworth is just so charming. I love him. I love his Thor. I yeah. really did not like the last Thor movie because I just thought it was way too up its own ass. But this one, again, like after re after rewatching this, it was nice to see like, oh, like, Again, like just the sincerity of it all. I just, I don't know. I thought it was enjoyable. I don't know. It's just weird to see baby Marvel the movie. Yeah. You know what it, it Before it so, became the machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just like, I could see what you guys are doing. And like all like the set pieces are just so like, they feel like really minuscule in terms of like the what it'll build to. But I don't know. I wouldn't recommend rewatching it because it's just, <laughs> I think it's just an average movie, but it was fun. Real fast. My favorite joke in Thor ever, maybe my favorite joke in the whole Marvel franchise is when he drinks the coffee and he's like, delicious. And then he smashes it and he says, another. <laughs> yeah. No, there are some really, <laughs> so funny. there are some really good jokes in this movie too. And I, again, some jokes or some parts of the movie that are funny that aren't meant to be, which yeah. I think 
the Anthony Hopkins stuff. Like anything he says is just so funny, even though it's not supposed yeah, to be. Especially like we've got all these crazy Avengers movies. I haven't watched this movie since it came out, so I yes. wonder how how does it really hold up after we've seen this character like blossom. Just curious of how movie, this movie holds up compared to like what we've seen already. I feel like they just. For Thor, they do so much cross-correction. Is that a word? I know what you're trying to say. You know what I'm talking about? Basically, like, they do this movie, and then they do the next one, Thor, The Dark World, and everyone's like, this is, like, this character is boring. Course correction. There's, like, nothing about it. Course correction. Thank you. Course correction. I feel like he just has, like, his whole character is just course corrected on each movie. So, like, after Thor, The Dark World, then they do Ragnarok, and he's, like, really fun and outgoing, and everyone loves it. And then it gets to the point where, like, okay, that's enough of that, please, for the love of God, and that's what we got with the last one. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with this character. I feel like they're just going to completely reset him and make him a little bit more, like... Normal again? Not grounded, but... Yeah, or, like, just, like, again, sincere, or just, like, maybe not so... But grounded. Grounded probably is a good way to say it. That's crazy because he's like one of the longest lasting Avengers that's going to still appear yeah. in more Marvel movies. So good for him. And it's just crazy. Yeah, just to, just the early 2000s of it all too. Like it just it just is so <laughs> like it's like to the point where it's like they just film in New Mexico and they're like this little set that feels like it's like a back lot. Well, they do all those Dutch angles, right? Is a lot of Dutch movie? angles. A lot of Dutch angles, Angelo. There, I just remember there's a lot of that. <laughs> like there's a part like when he gets his armor like he redeems himself gets his hammer back and then like you Uh see like the armor like collecting onto his body like he's now thor again and then just does like a dutch angle on natalie portman and she's like oh my god (laughs) and you're like that is so like it it feels so like of its time and you're like oh god but i don't know i i I guess now i kind of crave that more than people being like okay you know what i mean like just like rolling your eyes and just feeling like self-aware and like yeah 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 so who's the guy that plays loki tom hiddleston tom hiddleston is really good he's actually really really great as as loki i loved him he actually has a bigger this is like one of his bigger parts in the whole franchise i think right his origin story happens yeah. in this one, or is that in the dark world? It was in this movie. Yeah, and it's weird to see how, like, without knowing anything that happens in the future, like, how his character kind of just becomes pivotal. Like, now everyone at this point in the MCU, everything kind of, like, hangs on him as a character, or, like, his, like, franchise, because, like, his TV yeah. series is, like, probably the most beloved thing of the recent entries. Yeah. Anyway, so I think that's mm-hmm. all. It's really fascinating, actually, that all this, like, hinges on like a fourth tier character that no one wanted to make movies. (laughs) So after that, I switched gears and I watched Blood Simple 1984. And this is the debut of Joel Cohen written by Joel and Ethan. Really, really cool movie. A movie just like simple plot, weird. No, I guess it wouldn't be like a love triangle, but like assassination plot. Like it's set in a really cool like Texan bar. Have you seen this, Caleb? No, actually, I, I haven't. Really cool. It stars Den Hedaya. I only know him from Clueless as the dad from Clueless, and he plays like just a scumbag oh, yeah, in this yeah, movie. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, this yeah. guy. And also, Francis McDormand plays like the titular character. There's a really, really, really cool, like the very end of this movie is just so like thrilling and anxiety inducing, but it's just, man, she's. It's awesome. Love that movie. Really, really fantastic. And then after that, I watched Another Round, which is a Danish movie from Thomas Vinterberg, who also did 
The Hunt and The Celebration. These are all movies. These are all uh, Danish films. But Another Round was kind of like his, I guess, like his standout movie. This is from 2020, stars Mad Mickelson. Mm-hmm. And it's basically just a movie about bros discovering each other, just discovering, discovering themselves. Other, yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> nice. discovering each other's bodies. No, <laughs> it's, I don't know. I really enjoyed it. Basically, a group of guys discover that if you drink, you become just cool. kind of more relaxed and chiller. And then they just take that to the nth degree and stuff happens. It's it's a really charming movie, but also kind of really melancholic, but also it just, yeah, it goes through all the emotions. It was really enjoyable. I remember watching it. I tried watching it when it first came out and I just immediately fell asleep. And I think that was just a, it's a Danish film. So I was like reading the subtitles, obviously. So I think that didn't help mm-hmm. me. But since I had COVID, I was like locked in, you know, ready to read. And it was a great movie. It was really, really awesome. I love that movie. And Mads Mikkelsen is just really attractive. He's just like, he's a nice person to look at on the, on your screen, you know? <laughs> he's got a very cool look. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then finally, I wanted a comfort movie. I got this from the library, and I watched Mission Impossible Ghost oh, Protocol. Nice. Good choice. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Man, this movie rocks so hard. I feel like this is, besides Mission Impossible 2, I feel like a lot of people don't like this one. Am I wrong? I feel like the really? disc- I feel like I've seen a lot of discourse about this me, be- me being like really? a is boring this one. Is the Brad but- Bird one? Brad this Bird. is the Brad Bird one. I, I love it, man. I don't know. Uh, he climbs the building. This is the Burj Khalifa yeah. movie, man. This movie rocks. It slaps. And it does everything you want. It's my favorite up there with Fallout, I would say. Yeah. I would say Ghost Protocol is up I think high up on my list. People underappreciate how great it is. We got a good Brad Bird live action movie. Like that alone. Like this is a guy who made like Incredibles. Yeah. And like Oh yeah. So it's just like, I don't know. I was I was was rooting for his transition to live action because he did John Carter as well, which didn't do He did Tomorrowland, which also bombed. But didn't he do John Carter's as well? Or am I wrong? He might have had a hand in it. There's another one that wasn't actually. No, that was. um, I think it's the guy who did Wally. Yeah, you're right. Andrew Stanton. Stanton. Yep, yep. So I'm mixing them up. But he did do Tomorrowland, which was also just didn't really didn't really hit the spot for me. I haven't seen that. I want to see that. I love it. It's kind of underwhelming. Like it had good. It had doses of cool moments, but then just the payoff was just like, oh, th- is Space it. Mountain in it? No. <laughs> are there any are there any ride call outs? No. Come on. Not, not really. Right. No, because it's been years. The big since thing I've seen is that Tomorrowland, but... when she actually gets there, is like is like a dead is like a dead land that's been corrupted. So like you don't even actually wow. get to see Tomorrowland other than like a five minute segment of like a fake preview, basically that she gets for that's the ridiculous. land. It's really a bummer. Cause I was so excited to see the futuristic world. And then it all turns out to be that it's like actually a dystopia now and everything sucks there and is gray and boring. Yeah. And that's like, like the Rocket whole Rods movie. That's like an whatever. hour and 15 is just in this gray. Rods. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but I, anyway, sorry, back to your movie. I, I just love that Brad Bird made an action movie that's great with tom cruise like it's really awesome it's fantastic like the sandstorm sequence where he's running through it that's so cool obviously you already said the burj khalifa is still mind-blowing even though it's like old news i got the chills watching it you get get so stressed out because he really is out there like that he really did like fling himself off the end of it like oh my god (laughs) The uh, the Kremlin stuff is really cool. The the oh, yeah. I love him. Him and Simon Pegg have an awesome chem. I love those two together. Yeah, I think he's so good in those. Even the opening sequence, 
at the Russian prison over there. Yeah. At. That was so yeah. good. I loved that. And that that's the one where Simon Pegg is guiding him in 2D and he forget he doesn't realize that's he's right. up floor. That, I love that yeah. sequence too. It's so funny. For Rogue Nation, I am eighth in line. Nice. So hopefully I'll be getting that's that in the next one. couple of weeks. It's an awesome franchise. Talking about franchises, that's, a, that's been a fascinating one as well. I agree, man. I think for me, like the Mission Impossible movies are is like the franchise that I've slept on, like the most recent. Like I only watched all of them right before COVID. So I think in 2019 is when I like watched them all, right before after Fallout came out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what did I do with my life? I felt like, I felt <laughs> mad at myself because I was like missing out because... I thought Tom Cruise was lame, I guess. <laughs> no. I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> I know. It's a banger franchise, and Ghost Protocol is a standout. It's amazing. And I love it, it really has blossomed into one of the best just like action set piece like movies. Like I still think the story and acting holds up, but just like what it does with Easily. you know, yeah. it's unbelievable. Yeah. It's also fun to watch these movies because this I feel like this is the time where every studio was trying to like pigeonhole jerry jeremy renner into like the franchise like because he's in this movie and then i think he was in the born movies like maybe this will be your new guy (laughs) eventually in the marvel yeah yeah he was in everything at one point now he's like never mind i can't get into jeremy renner because i need to talk about his special and i can't talk about that right now but i mean he was in tag anyway but i thought even even i thought he was great in this movie i liked this movie and uh, he's, good in the, he's, he's well cast in this. Yeah, I thought so. And then mm-hmm. the um, the like switcheroo in the hotel rooms, like that stuff is so good. Uh, yeah. That stuff is so good. That whole sequence with just them, I just really like the stakes of that scene where they're racing against the timer, the timing of the printer. Like I like how most yeah. movies the printer would be going and it would just kind of finish and you wouldn't ever hear about how long it took or anything. But this it's like, Oh, it's going to take us an hour to make these. And now that is our number one enemy is like how we're going to stall till the masks are done properly. Uh, and I just yeah, like right, how yeah. oh, do I love the mask? The stakes stuff. are always like, like human and like um, it's never just like end of the world. It's like, oh, the rope I used right. to jump out of the Burj Khalifa is too short to do what I needed to do, actually. And so now I have to adjust yeah. my plans. And oh, now my hand gloves aren't working. And so right. just like I love how it's all yeah. like air that they are dealing with rather than like more manufactured uh, bad guys jumping yeah, in just at the right time to make right. it tougher, you know. That's what makes yeah makes it more suspenseful. The stakes get more exciting in terms of watching because you're like, oh, what's he gonna do next? Oh, he's impossible, man. He's gonna figure it yes. out. He's gonna. I love it too because, again, I, I, maybe I'm getting older, <laughs> but I love I love like sincerity in movies. So when he says mission accomplished and hits the button, I was like, yeah, like that was awesome. And I like that they make fun of him afterwards for it. But I was like, yes, like yeah. this movie rocks. Like there's there's it just like hits all the quadrants. Yeah. You know, it's really funny. The stunts, like the the epic, like main piece stunts are like fantastic. Like they're mind blowing. Like all the hand to hand stuff, incredible. And then I think like just the dynamic between your players, like all your, yep. your cast Great is just team. like incredible. Like they are like, like it's a team based like franchise. Yep. You know what I mean? So you need to have all those components like fit together and they do. And even I was looking, I was like, oh yeah, Leah Seydoux is in this movie and she's in it for like yeah, 20 minutes. Right. And it's not like a stun cast because mm-hmm. she didn't really do that. I mean, not, not that she didn't do She was still upcoming. Yeah, she's still upcoming. I mean, yeah. But like, you're like, you see her and then you're like, yes, like she's awesome. I love her. 
even Sawyer from Lost was yes. in, it in the beginning. And that's right, <laughs> great cameo. I I also think just like the charismatic leading man, which like so many movies are lacking, where this these yeah. have it just in spades with Tom Cruise, where he just easily he really is just so fun to watch. Yeah. Like say what you will about him with other you know Scientology background and everything, but just as right. an actor who's putting out putting on a show, one of the best alive. Yeah. No one compares. We d- currently agreed, have no agreed. one right now that's on his I mean level. Is it, like he's almost like more of like a, a stunt actor at this point like where he's like he's like Buster Keaton I think Angelo actually said he was the Buster Keaton of our generation to me that makes sense. I think that's a great analogy I think so I think he really is he's like the James Cameron like if he <laughs> wants to commit his life to Mission Impossible movies yeah, do it. that's just a, do that's, it that's a just great like legacy I, just yeah. do it couldn't that's care less yeah. just do it and he even um, snuck in another Top four. Gun he even you know yeah, do whatever. You're mm-hmm. just in a cockpit. You don't have to do anything. Can I um can I shout out some movies that I watched since I haven't yeah, been on please, here man. in a minute? Okay. Have you guys seen The Rocketeer? Yeah, yeah dude. Love it. Hell okay. Yeah. So this is a movie from 1991, directed by Joe Johnston, yep. yeah. who was creator of Boba Fett. Captain America as well. Captain America. Maybe filmed the first one mm-hmm. he's just incredible did he do honey i shrunk the kids this? or was oh, it i believe he did classic. jurassic park or the third one i think he directed did he yeah. direct the third yeah, jurassic yeah. park he did jumanji mm-hmm. oh there wow. you go jumanji too yeah he's got a great filmography come on he's amazing anyway a lot of fun movies this movie rocks so Wait, and i actually have to go back did you say he invented boba fett that i heard that and i didn't even he created That's boba crazy. fett he That's created so boba cool. fett yeah, yeah. Or the ILM early. And you can ILM you team. can tell. Look wow. at look at the Rocketeer's helmet, and you just get Boba Fett vibes. Basically, the Rocketeer Boba Fett takes place. Boba Fett. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> takes place around World War II, and it's basically this stunt pilot who finds a jetpack and fights Nazis. So Come good, on. dude! Like that's amazing. Who's the love interest? I remember her being awesome. Jennifer Connelly. Yeah, Caleb. that's right. She is <laughs> top of her game at this point. Still, and also in Top Gun Maverick, am I crazy? Is that Jennifer Connelly in Top Gun yeah, Maverick? Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Talk about a Timothy wow. Dalton plays the villain. That's this right. movie so rocks. Sick. This movie was so slept on. I remember the what are those like things that you click and you can like look at the pictures? Yes, Omatic, Pictomatic, maybe something like that. I had like four of the Rocketeer things. Oh, really? and you just look at little stills from the movie. Oh, cool. This movie rocks. I love this movie. Everyone should watch it. You were talking about sick day movies. This is one sick yes. day movie that I had a specific sick day where my uncle brought yes. me this and then Ro- who framed Roger Rabbit and Dick Tracy. And so all three oh, of those I watched like twice that's in amazing. a sick flu fever. And they got a similar vibe too. the time period. Love all of them. I was going to say those are all like fever dream <laughs> yeah. movies. At least Dick yeah. Tracy is. <laughs> Dick Tracy. Yeah, for sure. Man, that's an awesome combo. I love that. Okay. But the last movie, and this is a movie I've, I've, I've slept on because I am a scaredy cat, <laughs> but I watched, I finally watched Silence of the Lambs. Yes. Nice. Man, this movie rocks. It freaking rocks. I love the way, so directed by Jonathan Demi. Everyone knows already. I'm the only one that didn't, but I love the way he focuses on, on characters as they're talking. Like you just get like the full frame of the, of the picture is just on whoever's speaking like base are all the men who are like speaking at, at uh, mm-hmm. Clarice. Amazing. There's the way he like humanizes all these really, really bad people. I love, I love the way he 
like basically like the way he films men to make Clarice look small and like and just like diminutive and like in these areas like dominated by by men it's really crazy I can't believe I've never seen it the only reason is because I thought it was like way more gruesome than I was than I was anticipating freaking it's a it's just a thriller it's an awesome thriller no yeah that's it so were you surprised at how like not how was more of a thriller than horror movie like I feel like that's another franchise that's kind of taken on more of the characteristics of the later movies and how it's like right. a bloody gruesome horror where the first one really mm-hmm. is kind of like the same way with mission impossible, much more of like a suspense, like thriller it's like, tension movie right. than straight up. Like there are some gruesome scenes, but it's not like For the sure. main focal point of the film at all. It was like Zodiac. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I just love like, oh, great um, comp. I like manhunt movies. I think that's great. Speaking of manhunt, I was Hunter, just going to say, did you ever... have to watch <laughs> yeah. another yeah. good uh, Hannibal one? I was just reading a bunch of stuff. I had no idea these were based on books. I had no idea that Michael Mann directed Manhunter and I have to watch that <laughs> with the dude from few cool who's that main actor? That, uh, Brian Cox. Plays, Brian Cox. He plays Hannibal. Yeah. 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 Cause it's a different, yeah. it's a different take on the, the Hannibal franchise. It's not part of that. Right. Yeah. It's right. Totally right, right. A few of those. I feel like they've done like some spinoffs and even the TV show Hannibal, which I have not watched. Right. Right. With Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah. So it looks like Will Graham was played by William Peterson, who's in uh, like CSI or something like that. Oh, CSI. Yeah. That's who it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I definitely have that watch listed for my future. But yeah, an amazing movie that I can't believe it took me basically uh, almost 32 years to watch. I mean, honestly, it's awesome that you got to experience like same with the like Mission Impossible. Like to me, it's like fun. Like when I realized Friday the 13th recently, I didn't really have any impression yeah. of I was like, oh, this is like awesome. Like how often do you get to watch a new an old classic without like too many spoilers? And maybe you knew a lot of beats in the movie. Yeah, I was going to say it's kind of interesting because I feel like this movie is so part of like pop culture like zeitgeist and there's so many like lines from this movie that are just kind of embedded in everyone's psyche kind of like star wars i could be basically if i've never seen star wars for the first time it seems like the most common but like that didn't even that didn't affect me i feel like i knew like i knew like the main players and i knew kind of like i don't know I, i was expecting to know more than what i actually ended up finding out but it still made the it made the movie no less enjoyable even though this movie has been out for so long. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's all I got. Well, that's awesome. Great movies. I mean, you've been watching some good stuff, man. Yeah. Good way to take advantage of your COVID and time. I, I was going to say, this is all still, I'm still doing my wheel of, my wheel of choice. So it's still, this is so in the original Ian picking formula. I have been um, <laughs> workshopping it a little bit. So I, I let my wheel, <laughs> choose three movies okay. and then of those three of those three i choose the one i want to okay, watch I like that right so i cut i try to give myself a little bit of choice yeah. instead of being like left to watch but you gotta narrow some you gotta movie. narrow the, yeah. the pool a little bit but okay before i leave i've also been watching tv oh no nice, nice. <laughs> just kidding i know what you been watching have you guys seen search party no no but it's been around for a minute you guys right? need to watch search party i implore you to watch search party and let me tell you it is a show that has so many twists and turns you truly have no idea like i have no idea what's going to happen you know it has an amazing cast probably one of the funniest shows one of the most funny shows 
that I've watched, but while also being like extremely harrowing, you're just like kind of like pins and needles the entire time. You're like, what, what is about to happen? It's also short. They're like 20 minute episodes. You guys have to watch this show. I need you to watch this show. That's, Please. that's someone that has maybe from. I was just going to say, right. maybe I'll watch it. Maybe you should watch <laughs> it. It's not your good. Dude, it's a dumb <laughs> that's joke. A good, that's a good one. <laughs> it's really good. It's on, it's on HBO. And it's got a blonde funny guy, right? There's some blonde kid. Dude, John Early is the yeah, best. Yeah, I've part seen him in other sh- things. And I, I love him. You guys have to watch it. I, I implore you. It's so good. And then another show I was watching is Fleischman is in Trouble, which is like a Hulu original show, which is actually really good. Not very like lighthearted, but it's like really, really, really good writing. And I love J- Jesse Eisenberg. Oh, I love okay, him. cool. He's in it. It yeah. did look interesting from the preview. It's really good. Yeah. I don't know. It's like really compelling. And Claire Danes. Oh, wow. Claire Danes. Yeah. Kaplan. Okay. Lizzie Kaplan, oh, yeah. And uh, the dude from the OC. I'm blanking on his name. Oh, Adam Brody? Brody. Let's see. Adam Brody. Good cast. Yeah. Anyway, I'm also watching The Wire. Okay, oh, that's nice. it. That's all Can't for wait me. to talk Wire. Have I you know. gone to the, the F-word scene? The, the F-word scene? scene? There's so okay, many F-words. Well, it- I'm on season. <laughs> I'm at the end of season four, I think. So I'm almost done. You might have gone to it. There's one scene where they're they're checking out a crime scene and the whole it's like a five minute oh scene my and God, every word the is that word. Yeah, just in different <laughs> tones and stuff. It's so funny. <laughs> so good. Well, that's awesome. I still well, need to watch The Wire. Oh, dude. You should, Angel. It's amazing. I'm it's bad so on TV. Good. I'm, I'm really bad with Me TV. too. <laughs> Me too. No, I'm I after when I got COVID, I was like, okay, I guess I'll start watching The Wire after like six months of not watching it. So I'm just picking up. Such right. a it's fun fine. show. It's good. And like it's a kind of like yeah. seasons awesome. where you can watch each season like a movie almost. Like they really have it like pretty much in that way. But we're yeah. gonna take a quick five to ten. Ian, thank you so much for joining us, even though you're still technically under the weather. And it was a blast. Yeah, you guys. Hopefully next week we'll see you again if you're able. Yes, I'll talk to you guys soon. And then um, we'll take five and be back for Tokyo Drift. We had so many car chases in this movie. It was really an exercise of how do you bring that on screen and at the same time trying to help, you know, character development. And that that was the challenge, but I love it because I think it's the same thing. You know, I think your goal is trying to go on this journey with Sean and, you know, Han and the characters, but... Whenever I feel like you have something that's sports or even like the car chases, it's very visceral. You know, it it should inform you where the character is at that moment. All I grew up, you know, all the movies that were there growing up showing in the theaters were big Hollywood movies. The indie movies didn't really penetrate that market back, especially in the 80s. You know, so um, I feel like that's always a part of me, even though I think my passion and everything is kind of still probably more in the indie world and I discovered that in film school and college but I, I do feel like there's a there's a part of me that will always have bachelor party and porkies and stuff like that we are back from the break so great having Ian join us for last four I've definitely missed him on the show same so that was super fun and I'm also so glad to be able to talk about Tokyo Drift with you this is your pick yeah. last week after Speed Racer I watched it last night and then finished it this morning because I fell asleep last night. And I, like I mentioned earlier, I had seen this before, but I kind of forgot it. Watching it again really came back to me as I was watching and really enjoyed it and really was surprised at how it, it felt 
less like a cheesy movie to me. Like I remember before being like, Oh, that's a fun, dumb movie. Mm. And this time watching it, I, it felt like it was like less, I was able to buy in more into the story this time for some reason and get into the fun, especially the relationship with Han. But before we totally dive in, I just wanted to see, uh, or just kind of get into more why you, why you picked it. And like, I know in general, we've talked a lot about this movie previously. So just kind of your uh, history with the movie and maybe Fast and the Furious in general. Yeah. And so I picked this one because I feel like the last few movies we've talked about just have been giving me this, like this, you know, this feeling for the need, you know, you know, the need. need. For speed. <laughs> the need for speed, yes. Yeah, amen, still, amen. still feeling the, uh, you know, I, I just want to get into the acceleration still and keep that momentum going because Speed yeah. Racer was fun. Top Gun Maverick's a blast. And then this one was, this is a, yeah, I, I picked this one because I feel like, you know, we we have how many movies? Like 10, 12 movies of Fast and the Furious, including its spinoffs. <laughs> so it, it's interesting that like going back, like I feel like, because there's been so much and a lot of them, you know, gets made fun of for being so crazy over the top, ridiculous. Yeah. As much as I enjoy the newer movies, it's it's always fun watching them, even though if they know they're not good, I still have a blast laughing and seeing how crazy they get. But the thing that because I've grown up with this franchise and going back to the original and even the second one, it's just like crazy to see like, wow, like these new movies do not care about the practicality anymore they don't care about like the cool like the car aspect i feel like it's just absent now which they try to bring back but it's still not the same they just they go back to your typical like oh we gotta save the world from this destroying itself it's like whoa hold on pump the brakes this is is, i I know people have dissected the franchise laughing of how it goes from guys stealing dvd players from trucks to now like saving the world from global destruction and going to space you know and and yeah i think it's it's just fascinating that like yeah the car aspect is just gone and all the practical stunt work is kind of gone and i know there's 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 a few stunt works in these new movies but it's not as it doesn't look as like obvious as it, it did back in the earlier films because even when I saw the first Fast and the Furious, there were a lot of cool practical car action in that movie. And even Too Fast had some car action. But Tokyo Drift was one that like was a favorite of mine as a younger kid. So I always yeah. think back on like the best of the car action. I always think about Tokyo Drift because that's the first yeah. movie I've ever seen. Drift racing or just that culture of Tokyo. Same. On the other side of the world. On the wrong side of the law. A new style of racing rules the Tokyo underground. How you guys get away with this? And all the best drivers want in. Who's a tourist? I'm gonna see what the kids got. Unless race. But when you live on the edge, anything can happen. You came to the wrong place. Now, in a place where life moves this fast, that's a lot of money. Hey, you're moving up in the world. You gotta elevate your company. The bigger the risk, the greater the rush. Stay away from me. All my life, people have told me I don't fit in. Maybe I've just been in the wrong place. Because, yeah, when I saw it when it came out, and it just blew my mind. Like, whenever that, that's 2006, I was, like, in middle school or about to hit high school, and it was just, like, a, a mind-blowing, like, action movie. It was different, because... It's just strange that they also strayed away from the uh, 
getting the most of the characters back it was very bizarre that it kind of went like oh what this is like a, a whole almost direction. like a spin-off <laughs> yeah because i was very surprised like, how come they, they didn't bring back paul walker and and then I mean, we'll get into the cameos as we continue to talk about this film because yeah, there's a lot totally. of interesting facts behind that but yeah no i wanted to talk about this because i think tokyo drift as uh, a car movie as a street uh, street racing film i feel like it it sticks out in that way compared to the the more recent of the of the franchise yeah and there's something cool about this one like you're saying that it's just kind of like a one-off like it's not meant to be yeah. part of the main like dom toretto storyline yeah it makes it extra interesting to me i didn't see it when it came out but i do remember seeing a lot of marketing for it and I remember the first two Fast and the Furious to me at that time were super uninteresting. Like growing up, mm-hmm. I was never a car person. Um, I'm still not, but I like cars more. And like I can I can appreciate like a cool car driving fast in a movie, you know, that's a, that is fun to me Yeah. now. Less so when I was a kid. And so those weren't very interesting. And then this one came out and I remember being like, oh, like that is kind of more interesting. Like people drag racing is less cool, but like these cool sports cars, like skidding through Tokyo, you know, urban areas like that kind of aesthetic and visual to me as a kid. And it's, it holds up is I still get, think that kind of stuff's awesome. It's it's way more exciting to me than like street racing in Florida, like Miami. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I have watched the first like five or six uh, fast and furious. Like I said, I do really like all of them now, but um, I still think this one is like neat that it's just like this weird, like shiny, like toy version of fast and the furious almost like it's almost as like bite sized one, just like, yeah, with its own like mini lore. Like you have the whole Yakuza storyline, which is fun. So yeah, real fast since you picked it, do you want to do a quick synopsis or we can save it for later? This might be too early, but since we're getting into it. So the Fast and the Furious Toku Drift. At the time this came out, this is a story about a kid named uh, Sean Boswell who goes to this, he's new to this high school. He has a knack for like cars and racing and gets into some shenanigans with high school bullies. So they have this race that, almost kills them both, but then also gets him uh, kicked out of the school, but not only kicked out, but also he had to move back with his dad in Japan, where this movie takes place in Tokyo. He somehow comes across these people that leads him to where he kind of belongs. He just loves the car world, and this is where he enters and also gets into shenanigans with bullies in the scene. And then, yeah, this is, and we pretty much get like, its own standalone Fast and the Furious movie with just a new character. Now we're going into this world that he doesn't even know, nor I didn't know when I first saw it, called Drift Racing. Same. So it's, it's it a cool fish. I had never heard of it. Yeah, same. I thought it was fake. I thought it was made up just for the... And then I remember they started doing it in video games. Like, wow, they're adding, like, fake drifting to video games now? And then I was yeah. eventually I realized it was a real technique that people do. Yeah. I was like, oh, sweet. Like, that's even cooler. Drift. What do you mean, Drift. Still need a dictionary? Because it's like, yeah, it's unreal. People are literally sliding their cars like on a certain angle. Yeah, it's, it's just wild. like, what? Yeah, that is something, yeah. And so there are some movie- shots in this movie specific, this movie where that look practical to me of cars just like, like dancing like it's crazy yeah. how they're they like never having traction but still able to maneuver even yeah. though they'll go what seems like really long stretches with like virtually no traction 
Yeah. And that's a sequence around on the mountain, right? With all the guys are all just drifting. Yeah, that on one. The- but even like in the parking garage, there are scenes where they're doing like quick turns left and right. And the car no. just is like gliding through the turns, like never like it's just f- like for the split second, enough traction to flip the car around and stuff. But yeah, this was really it really is a visually a really some stunning visuals they did. And the one you're talking about, you should talk about that one, too. Yeah, they're on the date night, but they're with their other friends, just literally racing, but drifting around the mountain for fun. Like, literally, just like, we have this whole mountain ourselves. Let's just, like, literally drift around the whole thing. It's yeah, cool. Do you know if that cool. was uh, how... I know that there was parts of it that were CGI, but some of that was practical, right? Yeah, watching the behind the scenes, there, was, there are... They did as much practical as possible. I know that's what Justin Lin was saying. Like, if we're going to do this kind of movie, let's try to do what we can on camera and then whatever yeah. we can for close-ups. And Because, I mean, I know watching the behind the scenes, I was very surprised that Lucas Black did some driving. I was like, oh, cool. So he really is doing some, some stunts on his own. A lot of the in-camera stuff that looks real is probably real but all the cgi is probably like oh and they have to do close-ups on the actors and they're literally on the edge of the mountain like you can't endanger an actor that way so yeah totally so i there is aspects where there are parts that are cg the stuff that you they can't really film i feel like yeah totally computerized and some of it shows it does but when it's practical and grounded it's it's like awesome it looks beautiful some really cool stuff yeah so basically it's like kind of kind of the basic story of like the kid gets in trouble, gets shipped off to live with his dad. Who's like less interested military guy. Yeah. He's got to go to the new boarding school. Look, neither of us asked for this, but I promise you mom might take care of you. So you just go by the rules her and I agreed to, and I'm sure you'll manage just fine. Rules. Yeah. Rules. Real simple. You go to school, you come back here right after. And I don't want to see or hear about you anywhere near a car. Lost his car. They they destroyed yeah. it. So he's lost everything he loves. And then he just kind of lucks into finding a whole new underground drift racing community that he works his way into. So to get to one of my favorite aspects and talk about how he gets into the drift community, we got to talk about Han. Yes, we have to talk about Han. And so Lucas Black's character is super arrogant super full of himself as a driver mm-hmm. and so right away he challenges the biggest toughest baddest uh yakuza nephew to a yeah. race he doesn't even have a car and then han who's there kind of watching and smiling throws him keys and he says use mine and let's race <laughs> with what huh you skateboard easy to sound cocky when you got no ride Take mine. What? I want to see what the kids got. And then they uh, do the first race, and he has no idea what drifting is. And he didn't even know this was a drifting race. And so really quickly, a little Bow Wow is trying to explain this to him, and he just kind of gives up because it's so far from anything that Lucas Black can understand. They do the first race, and then... The car gets destroyed. <laughs> Lucas Black is really bad. He has no idea what he's doing. And he just demolishes this random guy's car that he has no idea who this guy is, why he gave him the car. It's like yeah. that whole scene is like so funny to me because of just how <laughs> insane it is. Like, dude, what are you doing? I know. He just hands him that nice car, man. That was a really sick car. 
And like America just kicked you out for for being ba- bad, like wrecking cars and you yeah. know driving bad, basically. Like, and it's well done, but it, it, I just love that scene for how how badly he fails. And that's like another thing that I think the movie does well in general is he has a real training arc. Yeah. Like there is like a good hour of the movie. I feel like he's bad at drifting. Like he it's not like where he does it two or three times. And then he's like basically as good as anybody. He really is like an underdog throughout the whole thing. Like even that last race he's in, you know, a car he's not comfortable in. Yeah. Han, I loved and I want to talk more about him. And I, I know from talking to you that that's like a special character to Justin Lin as well, right? Yeah. So, cause just the director, Justin Lin, his very first film was called better luck tomorrow. This little indie about Asians in America, but there was a character in that film played by the same actor, Soon Kong. He plays Han in that film. He's also a car guy, guy with the, the classic car. And, and in, in this film he decided, cause he, he really liked working with that guy, and he just said, like, dude, let's just make you, like, literally, I was looking up the trivia that he's just like, yeah, I just want to use the same guy. It's not official, but, I mean, it is. His name's Han. Han in both movies. That was the director's intention. And and did he, did Justin Lin write the script as well? Yeah, he wrote Better Luck Tomorrow. And this film, I, let me see what. No, this was written by a guy named Chris Morgan who goes off to write all the other, the rest of the Fast and the Furious movies. But he didn't write this per se, but yeah, he obviously he directed it and he wanted to like incorporate a character from this indie film that he did. And so his, his pure intention was to be, this is my character from my movie that I'm bringing into this Fast and the Furious franchise. Pretty much. Which I th- I think it now canonizes that movie, Better Luck Tomorrow. Because, like, why not? Like, if Han was in California, Han goes everywhere. If you watch the whole series, he's he's all over the world traveling and uh, hanging out with his Vin Diesel and all the gang, you know. But, hey, like, it's cool to see a little backstory of him in high school, you know, just chilling. Would that make the Fast and the Furious movies, like, 13 if we count hard? What is it, Better Luck Tomorrow? Better Luck Tomorrow, yeah. If we counted it, it'd be, like, 13 now? Right, right, if you count the whole thing. And uh-huh. I don't know if you want to get into, like, the timeline of this, of the entire franchise. Or maybe we should save it till after we talk about this specifically. We, can, we should. Let's, um... So, so that character is, uh... So, so I love that it's Justin Lin bringing in a character that he... From his first movie. And that was his first kind of indie movie, right? Yeah, which got him this job for the movie. I guess the producers saw that. We're like, we get this guy to do an underground racing movie. So, so cool. So Lucas Black wrecks the car. Mm-hmm. You're just kind of like, oh man, this Hong guy is probably going to be, this is going to be bad. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and he loses to this Yakuza, Yakuza nephew. Yeah. And so there's our villain who's established who also that guy was awesome. Yeah. And Han turns out to be just the coolest guy ever, basically. Yeah. I don't even think he talks to him about it then, but they meet up again later and he's like, look, I'm going to pay you back, man. And he's like, oh, you say that like you have a choice. And you're like, <laughs> and then basically he hires him to help him uh, pick up money from Yakuza bribes or whatever uh-huh. to pay back the money that he lost him from the car wreck. And then at the same time, he gives him another really cool car to continue learning how to drift and basically takes him under his wing in the drifting community mm-hmm. as well. You're in the pickup and delivery business now. I might call you once a week or once an hour. I don't care if you're sick as a dog or in bed with Beyonce. I call, you show. Only if you teach me how to drift. Say that negotiation. I wasn't negotiating. And I just love good, supportive, like characters in movies, like who are kind of 
out of the interpersonal drama. I always think that's yeah. a really nice presence in in a, in a movie and can be fun and isn't utilized very often. And so I just love his presence as like the guy as the uh, film watchers we trust a lot mm-hmm. and that we f- we kind of can trust this guy the same way Lucas Black can and just makes the whole just gives like a very nice like warmness to the whole movie that I think otherwise it would just be kind of a generic like new kid in town versus the bully yeah. and you know having to f- be scrappy and figure out how to win get the girl you know it's kind of got, got that basic structure but truthfully especially watching this time Han is like the heart of this movie I agree no doubt about this it is the best character of this movie and it's crazy when we talk about structure real quick is because this movie really is like the, the, the plot of the karate kid it's very similar to a guy yeah. coming in and then thinking he's you know he's swooping on someone's girl and then he gets mad he's being a little too he's being a little too arrogant probably yeah. he probably deserves to get yeah. challenged by the you know you know and then yeah and I guess you could say the the Mr. Miyagi, I guess, is Han in a way, training training the main guy to be the better drifter and be the better totally. racer. And totally a good, like, I guess because both movies have, yeah, because the bad guy has his uncle who's kind of like the the sensei in the karate, Cobra Kai, and Karate Kid, the uh, crease, whatever. He's like that, the one that's yeah. actually the one that's influencing more of the bad into this pure you know this kid here kind of manipulating them to be kind of bad yeah but even though they're like oh crap like you know like we're just here trying to survive but yeah no there there was just that similarity just more the the plot structure is kind of like karate kid instead of karate is cars that's like the big difference and which is cool i think that's fun oh my gosh and you know what that makes me realize there's even a line where um han says in drifting there's no wax on wax off you just do it you just keep doing it and that's how you learn and so they even make a little reference to karate kid so i'm sure that was um an influence you know that seems like a little bit big acknowledgement that he is (laughs) there's no wax on wax off for drifting learn by doing it first drifters invented drifting out here in the mountains by feeling so feeling because they're both, yeah, fish out-of-water stories, you know, going to a new town, meeting new people. and But it's cool because, like, I don't know. I've never been to Tokyo or Japan. It's been one of my places that I've been wanting to go to. So this is another totally. – other than Lost in Translation and a whole bunch of other movies, this one too also is like, yeah, i got to go to Japan. I want to see if there's a real cool car underworld and if I could sneak in and watch a drift <laughs> race. The street race. Just to watch and <laughs> maybe secretly film because that's cool. I think it's badass to see that in person. Yeah, Han, Han is such a great character character uh and and actually one thing about han i wanted to bring up and comparing to the series i feel like they were trying to make him also like the vin diesel because he's like vin diesel's character in the original fast and the furious was also mentoring paul walker and it was the one giving him a shot at stuff when people like oh why are you gonna get this guy on board and you know he felt like a good vibe from this dude and i could totally see him trying to replicate that which we'll get to the reveal because i know i'm building up to that but it's just but after the reveal it makes more sense of why i think han is like trying to be the dominic toretto for, for, of this storyline it almost feels like i kind of wish this was more of a han centered movie after like after watching the entire franchise i kind of wish but it's, it works it works it's still pretty cool why did you let me race with your car you knew i was gonna wreck it why not Cause it's a lot of money. I have money. It's trust and character I need around me. Yeah, who you choose to be around you, but you know who you are. You're one car in exchange for knowing what a man's made of. 
That's a price I can live with. I will say Sean, I didn't mind Lucas Black mm-hmm. as Sean, the main character, but he's definitely neutral at best presence in the movie. Like he doesn't hurt anything, but he rarely adds much to it. Yeah. And and his character definitely leans into being like the simple kid from, you know, America in this new crazy shiny world, you know, like yeah. he's like that. Which works. Yeah. Kind of that Southern charm, simple guy, you know, who's not intimidated by yeah. flashy, you know, bullies. Yeah. So it, it does. And I, I, I thought he was, like I said, I thought he was good. And Lucas Black is a kind of an interesting actor. He was in the Friday night, lights film in 2004 i do remember him in that yeah he's good and again he he's good casting mm-hmm. like he's not super charismatic but he's really solid you know it's funny because i've been you know slowly rewatching x files as the years go on and i, I looking at his imdb i kind of re- vaguely remember i forgot what episode it was but he did show up in x files so, as a kid like his face looked familiar he, did. he is in the first x files movie um, it's the black alien tar. He's there are three kids. Oh. There's a kid that falls in the pit and then gets the first uh, exposure to the alien goo. That was him. And his eyes turn black. That's him. Because I knew I thought it was all in something X Files. So that's cool. Look, yeah, it was the first movie. It's funny you mentioned X Files. Me and my wife watched the first two episodes the other oh, day. Cool. We, we're, I think we're going to rewatch them now it's that so like good. Halloween seasons hitting. They're really fun. They the old ones are kind of hilarious and and awesome. Oh yeah, the music is hilarious. Like, yeah, uh, but but we'll save that for another time. Um, X Files movies would be fun to do. I, I like, would. I like those I would. a lot. Especially the first one is really fun. Oh, he was also in NCIS New Orleans for a long time, Lucas yeah. Black. So he found a spot. He has 125 episodes. Wow. He's going to be set for life. Yeah. That is like, that's the ticket if you're an actor. So good for him. Congrats, man. Yeah. So I want to ask you about your favorite scene or the scene, um, maybe if, if for a different view, the scene this time that hits you the most. You know, like the, the not really just the scene, but just a lot of all the moments with him and Han, like him taking him under his wing, it really hit more this time than it did before. Because I can't remember the last time I fully watched it, but yeah, not just one scene, but almost all the scenes with yeah Han and Sean, like just their dynamic has been great. Like when he's first showing him the ropes and having him yeah. drive on the highway, he's getting scared that he's gonna get caught by the police, but he's like. No, keep going. It's like, they're not going to stop you. What the? Police cars are the only factory to. can do better than 180K. They can't catch you. So they don't even try. You know what? I'm beginning to like this country already. They are going 190, so that's like... Yeah. <laughs> Kilometers per hour. Though, that's true. Right? Which that's is true. I forgot. Different. It's... I think it's like 150 or something like well, that. only the u.s use yeah we don't use the metric system that's right still incredibly fast it'd be about 118 miles per hour and that, that was a fun part because the the point he makes is that as long as you're going over the max speed of the police cars because they are all stock so they know how fast they can go the police won't even bother chasing you because you're already gone like yeah and so as long as you're driving above that max that speed of the max speed of the police you're fine yeah yeah, I would say those are my favorite parts of the movie. And all, all the racing stuff I love, too. All the racing sequences are great. And then... Yeah, they really are. Each one was really fun in its own way. Yeah. One um, driving or drifting scene I really thought was um, awesome and hilarious is when Han and uh, Sean... Han and Sean, that's funny. When Han and Sean are circling around the girls as like a oh, flirting yeah. peacock moment. That's right, that's right. You know? 
And it's just like, I love how it almost like reminded me of like Bollywood, how they'll just keep cutting to slow-mo moments to make like a one second moment turn into like a 10 second scene, you know, where it's just like, it was like so funny because they're literally, so this scene they're drifting, there's these girls sitting there, drifting girls and Han and Sean come up to flirt with them and to flirt with them. They literally just drift in a perfect circle doing like a donut around them for like, I want to say it lasts for like two and a half minutes, truthfully. Yeah. And it just like cuts to close-ups of the girls sitting there watching them, looking all like in slow-mo, and then cuts to the guys watching the girls in slow-mo, and then it cuts to an aerial shot of the car spinning in a perfect circle, and and it's awesome. Like like I said, it reminds me of like Bollywood, yeah. where they just like will take a moment and stretch it out, and it's just like people staring at each other kind of sensually, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I loved it. I just thought it was so fun and like indulgent and like a really great way indulgence probably a good word for this movie in general just like really indulgent in a great way the kind of way you want it to be i agree man and really just has you gotta add some fun add some thrills you know at the same time and you you see it really adds to the whole like this is a whole different culture and you really get to see like it from a different level and they, they do such a great job like making everything so interesting and and very uh yeah, it's like stuff you'll never see it, like before. I don't know. They did, they did a good job, but like especially that sequence was a lot of fun, and they're both they're all just being thrilled enthralled with each other. You know, it's 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 so good. Yeah, and the cool cars, little Bow Wow's car. We have to talk <laughs> oh, about because it was like the Hulk yes, van. it's Hulk thing. <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to the commentary, so I guess why they that they picked that because I guess it's supposed to show Bow Wow's character it's supposed to be like he's. He, he, the rector said it's got the napoleon syndrome little man syndrome so he feels like he's got the he needs to feel like he's empowered being a hulk or something like with that justin lynn actually said the that character was the, the reason oh my gosh that's so funny i thought he was just going to be like a comic book fan. yeah or that too it's just but it's just hey but justin lynn said yeah he it. said it and i chose the hulk because i just felt like you know for bow and the character of twinkie he would pick the Hulk because he's got a little bit of Napoleon complex and he wants to be able to kind of explode and, and take out all his anger and stuff. Um, a lot of repression <laughs> with the character. Which I like that scene because that car garage is so cool. Like seeing all those cars just come down like uh, that. And that's like the first time they're introducing the whole scene. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so cool. Such a great, such a great way to introduce it. And just like also very just fast and the furious. I feel like there's so many scenes in the first two of just like pulling up to uh, like a, all these like hot girls and like cool guys sitting with their cars, yeah. you know, like a music video almost. Yeah. So I also like how it was a different take on that classic, like Fast and the Furious trope at this point, you could call it probably. Yeah. And, and, and it also feels like those racing video games where you scroll on to get a car and it just like, what is that? Is that it? Is that yes. it? And- the arcade <laughs> games. Yeah. And it was a good sub- subversive scene because you would never ex- – well, in the first time I saw it, I remember being like, oh, he's going to get a badass car too. He's going to be one of these, you know, sport with all the spoilers. But then, no, it's just this Hulk van just that rolls up. He's <laughs> 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 just like, what? <laughs> like, this is your car? <laughs> that garage was so cool too. Just the way you can shuffle through all the cars yeah. was just a cool old Japan technology moment, especially probably like in 2004 was this, is 2006. that right? Yeah. 2006. It probably would have been like extra cool. Yeah. So let's start expanding this to the franchise and let's maybe use uh, okay. my confusion as an entry point. Maybe sure. you can help me out. So Han also appears in the fast and the furious non Tokyo drift. Yes. Movies. 
but he dies in this one, right? So this is a yes. big spoiler. Han dies in a fiery car crash. It's very sad. Like mm-hmm. I said, I forgot he died because I kept thinking, I know he's in more movies, even in my rewatch of this. Yeah. And when he died, I was really sad. That's Same. the point. He was really was a light in the movie. And once he was put, put, put out, I was very um, devastated. And I was like, okay, so I don't remember how this fits into the franchise now. I'm going to need a refresher okay. from Angelo. Okay. Where do, where, where do I start? Okay. So- <laughs> not to give you, I was going to say, not to give you too large of a task, but. <laughs> no, all good. All good. I think I could do this. So this was his first Fast and the Furious movie filmed. And then the second one after he did was in 2009, they brought back Vin Diesel, Paul Walker, Michelle Rodriguez, and Jordana Brewster for Fast and Furious, which in the beginning of that film, you see this team, Vin Diesel's team, and one of them pulls up a ton. And I remember when I first saw it, I'm like, wait, he's dead. And then you realize after that whole sequence, I don't know if you remember that sequence where they're stealing this gasoline truck and then they're in Mexico. Yes, actually I do. Yeah. I do. It was one of the truck drivers or one of the car drivers was Han in that sequence. And then the next scene after they do their mission, he then needs all to talk with him to say, Hey man, like let's, let's do another mission soon. He's like, Oh, I'm going to, I might just settle in Tokyo or something like that. So I was like, Oh, so this is a prequel. Han, we had a good run. Time for you to go do your own thing. Heard they're doing some crazy shit in Tokyo. Don't go, Han. Don't I go. Know. <laughs> it's funny because I thought that was it. Like, oh, so this is establishing because we didn't get to the, the big spoiler. We get to talk about the big spoiler of Tokyo Drift. Yeah, I think I'm ready to go into the whole franchise view now because I think to get to the spoilers, we need to. Okay, the Tokyo in Tokyo Drift. Okay, when I first saw this back then, <laughs> this blew my mind, and and I didn't expect it because again, this is pre Marvel. I'll, I'll tell you one thing: this is before Marvel. This is before all everybody's trying to do the whole expanded universe. So in, this is in two thousand six. This dude over here want to race the new DK. Heard he's been beating everybody around Asia too. Not tonight, Twinkie. Said he knew Han. Said Han was family. Wanted for my friend Han a few years ago. I didn't know he was into American muscle. He was when he was rolling with me. You know this ain't no 10 second race. I got nothing but time. You ready, kid? One and only Dominic Toretto, Vin Diesel, shows up in Tokyo in a muscle car. <laughs> I was like, what? What? And then the fact that, like you said, Han was his buddy. He was in muscle cars. I was like, whoa, okay. So there's a whole – so he's connected to the main Fast and the Furious. And that blew my mind as a little kid that, like, whoa, they're expanding this this franchise. That Yes, it's, it's not technically the, like a s- typical sequel. This is a spinoff, but yet it's still part of the big picture. And the fact that Vin Diesel comes in really brings everything full circle in a way that like oh so this is a fast and the furious movie which it does get it is part of the canon which i'll get into because i was reading originally that they didn't ask any of the original actors to come back for this movie they wanted a whole different just racing type movie they wanted to just explore tokyo have new characters but i guess in test screenings it did very bad and people were saying like oh, interesting people, they said they, they said it doesn't feel like fast and the furious even though it is they say fast and the furious and so what they did, they secretly just did a reshoot of the ending and 
they had to get Vin, they wanted to get Vin Diesel back, so they 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 had a bargain because he wasn't. I think there was some drama. I didn't look into that part, but there was drama with his agents and why he didn't come back for Too Fast, Too Furious. So, which the script was written for him, but they he didn't do it because you know money problems or uh, agents issues. So they got Tyrese Gibson to replace him in the second movie. Interesting, because if you watch that movie, his whole character. Of Tyrese Gibson is totally there. It was supposed to be Dominic Toretto because he's a guy he's in, who went to prison and he's, uh, um, you know, he needs him back. Get it, get this guy out of jail or something. I just felt like there were some similarities which I caught in a rewatch a while ago. But okay, so but this movie, so with that ending where it ties into the Fast and Furious, I thought okay, that's the closure of Han. So you you introduce him in a prequel sequence and it, we'll never see him again. But then here comes Fast Five. <laughs> And Fast Five is Fast Five. Okay, Fast Five might be okay. I could say I could see why these people would say it's the best one because it is. It is like the Avengers of the Fast franchise is the first time yeah. all first four movies all come together. All everyone from the first, you know, first four are all teaming up. And I remember being mind blown when he says, "Oh, we're gonna call a guy and like which guy?" And then it just shows Han just walking. I was like, "What?" Okay, so this so this is still a prequel. What do we got? First, we're gonna need a chameleon. Someone who can blend in anywhere. High stakes. Yeah, well, the Ritz was sold out. So what's this all about, Dom? Yeah, man, why'd you drag us halfway around the world? You're expanding on his oh. whole origin before he his death in Tokyo, which I, I at the time, I really admired that. I was like, okay, cool, because I like this guy. It's cool to see an expanded universe and him hanging out with Dominic Toretto and Paul Walker's character, Brian O'Connor, and everybody. So it was cool, man. It was cool to see him appear again in the fifth one. <laughs> so even And then at the end of that movie, which he, he gets with uh, the beautiful uh, Gal Gadot and their driving in the car and she's saying like what's next for you and so he keeps saying like i'm gonna get to tokyo it's like tokyo i'll get there someday or something like that and i'm just like oh fuck like you're delaying it you're delaying his death it's cool i'm all for it so where to now i don't know never been to madrid i thought you wanted to go to tokyo we'll get there eventually And I think it was the sixth one he appears again, but that one was the one they finally were like, "All right, let's finally like get to his death." So I don't know if you remember the sixth movie. There was a mid-credit scene where it shows again the events of Tokyo Drift, where he's being chased by the the guy, the bad guy DK, and oh, I do, yeah, tell me again, but I do remember now. So he's he's you know that sequence again. They replay it like uh, Back to the Future two style, and then the only difference uh, the car that hits him. Like you see Han on the ground, but then you see a guy get out of the car, you see his foot, and then the camera pans up, it's Jason Statham. Dominic Toretto. You don't know me. You're about to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, randomly Jason Statham crashes into this guy, which you're like, wait, what? Why is what? Jason Statham was in Tokyo after this guy, and then he calls Vin Diesel on the phone, he's like, Dominic Toretto, you don't know me, but you will. And he has a detonator and explodes his car. <laughs> and I'm like, no, 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 no. And especially rewatching this movie, man. I mean, no, and it's clearly that there's gasoline dripping down that caused the explosion. Like we see it very clearly. And the car that hits him, unless it is a car in the in that sixth one, the car that hits him is like a it's like a Volkswagen, like 
sedan coupe kind of car. It's nothing special. It's like a normal, yeah, like an older Mercedes or whatever. Pedestrian, normal, casual, yeah, civilian car. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and it turns out to be Jason Statham driving that car, who, who's intentionally he's coming for Dom apparently. Now. Oh, he's hunting down the so, so in the, the whole game. So that sets up the seventh one because the sixth one's Luke Evans was the bad guy, and then you find out right. that he had a brother, and the brother was Jason Statham who wants revenge for killing him or, or nearly killing him and he's going after all the teams so one of the first people he finds was han han is the first guy he goes out to kill i don't know how far he got in the franchise did you see the ninth one and well i don't know if you've seen the latest one but there were some ties to to han in those i would i just wasn't sure if you haven't seen it. i don't want to spoil nothing no i don't think i have because like I said, we me and my wife watched like the first six, and I think we were going to watch the rest of them in order. So we haven't watched any since okay. then. But we just haven't. It's one of those things where we're like, all right, soon, and then we haven't got back around to it. But um, no worries, I won't say nothing then if you haven't seen it because it's. But the fact that there's any Han stuff is very interesting. Yeah, because I I'll tell you what I I'll tell you what I thought when I was watching this. I thought for sure he was not actually dead in the crash. Yeah, and so I feel like maybe I've heard that he does come back and they rewrite that again that he didn't actually die in that crash i'm gonna confirm or deny yeah that's okay i I think you might have told me this already actually okay f9 is the one that justin lynn comes back let's say as as director because i know oh that's right okay after six he left to do the star trek movie star trek beyond which he says himself he wanted to like this is a dream to do like star trek he loves star trek so just a solid star trek yeah of the new ones i'll say one of the better. He comes back to do nine because he leaves. Uh, James Wan does Furious Seven, which is so, so random. I always thought that was a random choice. James Wan does seven, and then F. Gary Gray he directs. He directed Straight Outta Compton and a bunch of other acclaimed uh, yeah, movies. Yeah, he, he did some other interesting movies, but interesting director, kind of a random one as well. Yeah, so he does F eight, which F eight is another guilty pleasure. It's just so over the top and like ridiculous. It feels like a nineties action movie at times. Yeah. And then so, yeah, he doesn't do seven and eight. He comes back for nine. So Justin Lin, that's his comeback and final Fast and the Furious movie because he had some falling out with Vin Diesel recently over creative differences. Or Vin Diesel wasn't, he, he didn't want to abide to his creativity. And just, I, I think I just saw reports. I don't know, I could be wrong. No, I remember there a ton of drama with Vin Diesel and like everybody. Yeah. Though. Like I feel like he was having problems with Tyrese. Oh, yeah. For a while. Or in the Rock they were the big one. About- the rock, yeah, yeah. So need. I feel like he kind of had a moment. He might have had. A, oh yeah, I don't he's know what's going on. Definitely has an ego. I could, I could. It's a shame. It. Justin yeah. Lin's very, very talented. He's I, a very fun director. I agree, man. And I felt like he was the better of the directors of the Fast and the Furious franchise. He seemed to feel like he understands the the, the tone, the style, even when it gets crazy in five and six. But he still keeps it like he he knows the feet, the vibe for it versus the other guys. Tokyo Drift is the. So it really it's the third one that came out, but it, it takes place right after the sixth movie. So it's technically the seventh movie. And I was looking at the spoiler trivia. Chronologically. Yeah, spoiler trivia, it's supposed to be twenty thirteen, not two thousand six. So it makes me laugh that like, wait, this is twenty thirteen, but everybody still has normal old iPods, people have old little flip phones. Uh, yeah, a lot of the technology is it's it's fascinating. I'm like, no, that, that that's funny. That's funny now because they love Han so much they had to like make this a later sequel now. I don't know if you remember in Furious 7 because they finally also complete the scene when Vin Diesel shows up in Tokyo to race uh, Lucas Black. And then they... 
They do actually complete that. In Furious Seven, I actually was saying I want to see that storyline continue. Yeah. So they bring Lucas Black is back. They as bring well. him back Lucas for Black seven back. and nine. I'll say if you don't know his role <sighs> in both. Okay, I got to finish these. This is definitely gonna inspire me. I'm gonna push back. Yeah. I know it's horror <laughs> yeah, season, yeah, yeah. but it's not October yet. There's still time. Enjoy the thrills, still. Yeah. These kind of do feel like fall movies to me. I don't know why, but maybe just like that is so much like about like community and stuff makes it feel like festive to me. Yeah. Uh, like I, I can almost see this being like a Christmas movie franchise, like of where it always ends on Christmas with Christmas lights and family drinking Coronas and Christmas barbecues. <laughs> if they do a true ending to the franchise, like if, if they pull a Logan with Vin Diesel, at like having this older guy come back, at least on Christmas, it'd be like yeah. a family movie. Cause it's, it, if, doesn't it feel kind of yeah. right? I don't know. Or, yeah. There's something about it. That feels like I can almost picture the like Christmas lights and stuff. One fun connection I have to the Fast and the Furious franchise, there are two restaurants featured in the first movie that I randomly, not on purpose, but have were like places I would go regularly when I lived in LA. I mm. growing up, I went to Neptune's Net, which is like the oceanside restaurant that Dom and Paul Walker talk at in the first movie. And then when Paul Walker mm. goes on a date, it was at this restaurant called Cha Cha Cha, which is like a Caribbean jerk chicken place in Los Angeles that I used to go to with my wife a lot, but they're very good and cool. That's awesome. It feels cooler now. I want to go back now that I appreciate the franchise more. Yeah, especially like they're especially two restaurants from the first film, the original. I think they're both yeah in the first one. And Cha 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 sadly is closed, but Neptune's Net, as far as I know, is still open and and thriving on PCH. And so if you're a huge Fast and the Furious fan, yeah, you gotta check it out. You can pretend you're with the family, the family, not your family. I'll be hauling there 100 miles to the restaurant. <laughs> yeah, PCH. Gotta, if it's open, if it's an open road, it's, I'll haul yeah. It I mean, if you go at the right style. time, you can get it open, but it can be real traffic as PCH can be. Oh, yeah. Especially on a weekday. It's so terrible. Now. Yeah. Yes, that's fun. And yeah, so I'm excited to continue watching these. I'm actually totally more excited to continue the franchise knowing Han's coming back. Mm-hmm. No spoilers, just in the most recent ones that I know about. And maybe more, maybe when, you know, Justin Lin directs another one, you know, as you were saying. Cause I was, I was like trying to hold back on the, okay. I won't spoil. Cause if watch F9, cause if you like Tokyo Drift, it's very well, how old, interesting. How old is F9? Do. F9 came out 2021. So that was like, are you trying not to spoil it for yeah. me? Oh, for, okay, for okay, you. Then if, I'm you fine. if you like no, it. Then. Cause I, cause I was hoping to talk because if you saw it, I was hoping to talk about what they did with those characters of Tokyo Drift. It's very, interesting. Well, let's leave that. As a um, something we'll pick up in last four in a future episode, because I'll definitely make an effort to watch it then so we can talk about it and follow up. Because I love the idea, okay. too, of having we could always do follow ups on this as I continue watching and have, you, yeah. know, you know, whenever we talk about the next movies, if you do catch it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, and then so if cool. not, yeah, you'll tell me. Yeah, it's really interesting because I actually was hoping I've been waiting for them to cross more of the Tokyo Drift characters, not just Han, like have some of the people team up with the the new the main team so that's one thing which okay i won't spoil i won't say nothing i keep <laughs> no yes save it that'll be a fun that'll be a fun follow-up we'll, we'll definitely come back to that like i'll make a note because i definitely will have to talk about it and here to hear your thoughts too if you feel the same of like oh what the heck like that's a interesting jump i'll just say <laughs> a couple of random things i wanted to talk about before we get to wrapping up there's a weird fourth wall break in this movie that just kind of tripped me out. It's not a big uh, deal, I but I, I was just like, huh, huh. 
Okay, huh. When the elevator's closing and Bow Wow gets in with the girls and he looks at the camera very directly and gives a very not subtle wink to the camera. And it seems very on purpose, like it was part of, like it pushes in on him and stuff, you mm. know, and it's, his character's always trying to get with girls and stuff. But it was just, to me, there's a lot of power in a fourth wall break. Yeah. And either you're a comedy that's like, uh, George of the Jungle, where the whole joke is that, you know, there is no fourth wall kind of, and there's always a leak between the fourth wall and the characters, or you're doing mm. something. And I just, I'm I'm overthinking it. I just, for some reason, I was watching, I was like, huh, he just looked at the camera. And I was like, is that like a connection to like, is that some meta joke about the, and I just couldn't connect it to anything other than it was just like a joke about him liking being with the girls in the elevator. But it just like, Four, he was aware of the camera in that moment. And it just kind of as a, it blew my mind. And so I just, I don't know. I had to call it. I had to mention it because it was just so random. It is random because I, when I, the times I've seen it, every time I've watched it, that part always is always like, oh, okay, because you're Bow Wow. Yeah, it's like, like, it's like a music moment, video. You know? Bow Wow gets like, yeah. <laughs> And it, it works. It, it's a very fun sequence. It's part of the first race, I want to say, when, when Sean yeah, destroys the, the car and gets indebted to Han. So it works. And it was very fun. Like I said, it doesn't bother me. It was more just like, it might be the only fourth wall break in the whole franchise. Because I, I know the only one, okay, it's not in the movie, but from what I know, another character that does wink at the camera is in the theme park ride or in the, the Fast and the Furious oh, supercharged on the, the World the Famous nightmare. Studio Tour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, it's a, it's a, one of the weirdest, bizarre attractions ever put. Because there's a part, I think, when you go inside, for those who don't know, you, the, the Studio Tour takes you This is part, they, this is part of the Fast and the Furious franchise. Yeah, no, this is, this is getting to it. I'm, I'm getting there. <laughs> but yeah, you take the studio tour. It takes you to all the big movie sets that you all know. But then the grand finale to that attraction at Universal takes you to this giant brick building that's this Fast and the Furious 3D, 360 simulator where you're supposed to feel like you're immersed into the Fast and the Furious <laughs> world. Does not work. But it's like this three awkward like rooms you go in with the tram. And the first one you go in, there's this like all these people partying and then this one FBI guy is like, you got to get out of here with this one gun. And everyone just like walks out like, okay, <laughs> no one's terrified. It looks He's like got those old arcade uh, games where they'd have live action people uh, run and be like, Whoa! Yeah. but it was like a live action yeah. guy superimposed onto it. It looks exactly like that to me. It's like, it reminds me of all those arcade games and movie theaters, but please continue. I just had to add that. But I just want to, but to get to my point about fourth yeah. wall breaking. So that guy, you know, gets everybody out of the building, but and then all the fast characters show up, including uh, Dwayne Johnson, and Dwayne Johnson's character uh, Hobbs <laughs> is like, you know, intimidating this guy, and then he turns around and looks like at the audience, but it's kind of like looking at the camera, like smiling and winking. It's like, wait, what? Why is he smiling and winking right there? He's just intimidating <laughs> this dude. So I never understood that. And if someone could find the video on YouTube, you could probably see what yeah. I'm trying to say. Or maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm thinking of another character. But I want to say it was Dwayne I Johnson. I kind of remember. He just has that. It could be Vi- Vi- uh, Dom, but. Could be. But he. I remember he's just like, he was just so like straight face in that one. He looked like Mr. Clean when he's like <laughs> flying, on, riding on the helicopter. Like, yeah, that ride is crazy. <laughs> it's a bizarre Very attraction. Sad. Really bizarre, and I can't believe they spent like yeah a bunch of money making that atrocious <laughs> ending. You know, no offense to the people who worked on it. Yeah. Like I know it must have been a lot of hours. Well, and good to work with it. You yeah. worked at Universal Studios when that ride is premiering. I did right? work part time. 
back in the day, yeah, back in 2015, I was still working in theme park guest services. And uh, there was a guy who came up to me asking information on, you know. No way to know who this guy is or if he, you know. Yeah, just just some guests. Like, I was working in the park. And, you know, it's been years so I could mention this. But he came up to me, was asking me, hey, where's the uh, Fast and the Furious ride? Oh, he's talking about the Fast and the Furious Supercharged. Yeah, yeah, the new one they're advertising. Oh, it's going to be on the studio tour. And the guy looks at me like, oh, that was it? I was like, oh, so you've been on it. And he's like, oh, I thought that was just like a little small thing, kind of giving a preview of what the real ride's <laughs> going to be. I'm like, I am so sorry, sir. Like, He was hoping it was going to be like Transformers or, you know, real one of the ride. ones like on the lower level. Yeah, they were because the way they marketed, I guess, they made it seem like it's like a roller coaster. And I kind of remember the the marketing being like, like mismarketed. Because you have all these people sitting on these seats moving, but it's supposed to be the studio tour, but people didn't pick up on that. I don't know. I felt bad because, like, because, <laughs> yeah, it was like, no, you hype up this for almost nothing in a way. I mean, that's just my personal take. If people loved it, hey, good for them. Yeah, right now, but, but it definitely sucked. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It gave me a, it gave me, a, it was like three minutes, four minutes long, and it gave me a headache, is what I'll say. Like, <laughs> actual, like, bad, bad, like, yeah. 3D, like, animation stuff type of headache in very short time. <laughs> and, like, you're moving on the tram sometimes while the background oh, or yeah. while the, the animation is pretending to be simulation simulating movement. So you're like moving faster in the simulation than you actually are. So it's like, it made me very nauseous and, and was just miserable for me personally. No offense. <laughs> I could no, no, no. I, I, I could understand that. Cause yeah, like the tram was the ride. I never wanted to get off. Cause it's like, Oh, it's an hour of me sitting down, looking at good stuff, getting a breeze. Oh, it's the best ride. You see the psycho mansion. You get to see the jaws shark, yeah. um, you know, moving and attacking. Yeah. There's some really incredible stuff on that tour. Yeah, and, and I, I love the tour, and then that is the ending that makes me want to get off the tour. I'm like, let's can we get off this now? Can you just drop us off here? I'll so, walk. Yeah, give a, give some of us. Well, yeah, the option to vacate. It's like it's really feels like a weird torture cost to the the actual tour. Where you're like, well, I have to do the tour, so I guess I'll sit through Fast and the Furious again. <laughs> yeah, that part becomes more obligation than like, oh, well, then you're actually excited to see something because yeah. I get the King Kong being. At least the King Kong one is like short. It's like you go in there. All right, it's over. Or this is like three rooms you go through, and it's like five and minutes. Each, each one is like, only why? like a screen you're watching. Yeah, There's like no cool special. <laughs> yeah, like you never see like even like a real car. I want to maybe, maybe you see like two real cars no, when you first well, come in the room or something in the garage. Very, but they're they're not like the cool ones you see from the movies. You don't see any of them. And which I know they have an area in the park where they park all the cars and or in, on the tour you drive through that car area. You see all the cars from the movie. Yeah, you do. And uh, some other classic cars, I think, from other movies as well. Yeah, it's always, always so cool to see that. But I wish there was more of a cooler exhibit for all the cars. What if two cards drag race next, like, like away from you? I don't know. You could do so much. Like just hearing car, real car engines yeah. revving would be fun. And hear, seeing them peel out. Which, yeah, which which I'm hearing about that new attraction supposed to be like cars racing. It's a car racing ride where it's supposed to be like you're racing someone down a mountain nice. or up a mountain. <laughs> So it's supposed to be, more, and I'm hearing it's supposed to be like drifting. So, hey, it's cool they're bringing back the drifting in a ride. And, that and, sounds fun. Yeah, and I'm like, why wasn't this your guys' first attempt at a Fast and the Furious attraction than that atrocious uh, 360 3D? So I'm, I'm I'm actually happy that we're going to have more of a, a thrill ride version. And what it, From what it sounds like, it's supposed to be like the Cars ride at Disneyland or California Adventure, but Fast and the Furious thing. Which is a killer ride. Which I'm all for. Yeah, good ride. Yeah. 
So we'll see how that turns out in a few years because I have no idea when that's going to be done. Cool. I just keep hearing reports and rumors about it. But it's pertaining to Fast and the Furious, only reason why we bring this no, up. No, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Legacy still going, still going strong. They're still investing in the, it's the still property. Going. So as I talked about last week, my Jaws 19 list, Fast and the Furious, especially if you count Better Luck Tomorrow, prime candidate to hit yeah. maybe the first Jaws 19 official, not just a joke <laughs> hypothetical, but really doing it. I yeah, because that that's a spinoff. Tokyo Drift is technically a spinoff, and now Hobbs and Shaw. And Vin Diesel seems incredibly passionate still about it as a project. They all kind of do. Tyree still yeah. seems to be desperate to cling on to it. Oh yeah, he's, <laughs> it's it's funny. I mean, not funny, but it's just like it's because it, in the in the continuity, his best friend is Paul Walker's character, and now he's not rest in, in the movie. Unfortunately, rest in peace. Yeah, I only mentioned Vin because to Han is because he was Han is also like Vin mentoring him in a way, and also like giving him the car. I think it's a better comparison, and he's like the guy who knows the yeah. whole scene where Paul Walker's the new guy, right? Yeah, yeah. undercover. Because Paul Walker was technically the main character for like almost all of them until he died. Because Too Fast to Furious, Vin Diesel didn't show up. Paul Walker shows up. Just crazy. Kind of weird to think about. I always forget. Or I didn't even realize. I've seen it, but I don't even remember that. Yeah, and, and I'm surprised like they didn't because re- I think because they didn't reach out to Paul Walker according to the trivia. So it makes me wonder like, oh, how come they didn't come up with a plot line where he has to go undercover in Tokyo or something? You know, discover this car underground car racing, which would make more sense if this is supposed to be more of a Fast and the Furious sequel than this whole you know more separate spinoff so i found that very interesting interesting choices that they went with this sequel but also i kind of like it it works as a standalone movie if you show someone who wants to watch a car movie who's never seen any of them i think it's a good gateway for some and i think it was a gateway for some friends of mine back in the day it was i remember went to see it and none of them have seen the first two so i was like oh shit. okay this so uh, this would be a first for people I think definitely would, especially with the Dom teaser where you're like, oh, cool. Okay. I want to see more of this. And like, okay, I'll go watch that guy's like origin (laughs) story now. Like, sure. And and then especially knowing, knowing now how Han will come back and reconnect with the franchise again, where you can be like, yeah, I think it's a good kind of primer for the whole thing. And it's, yeah, maybe if, if like Dom and Paul Walker and just that classic fast and the furious like vibe that maybe you got tired of hearing about you know it might give you another entry point that's more accessible for people who might have kind of like what ian was saying where he was like you know i just never got it got into it you know or you know yeah um, so yeah i I agree yeah i think this one would be a good one to start actually yeah actually like because I think you can start with the first one, but like I see, I've seen some people be like, "Ah, oh, this movie's kind of whack," you know. Like I've seen people like talk about it back in the day, but this was, yeah, I think this one would be a good entry, like a gateway to that franchise. If you love this Tokyo, this world, you know, and you like that guy who shows up at the end, then there you go. That's that, that should be your, uh, yeah, your <laughs> leeway. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> But yeah, so crazy and crazy before pre-MCU, man, seeing an expanded universe-like concept. MCU gets a lot of credit for it, and they definitely did it like in a more fleshed-out way than anybody else. But it is yeah. fun seeing these people who are kind of on that track and kind of on the pulse. Like, we're Fast and the Furious, yeah. and clearly that they're still a huge franchise is like indication of they're doing something right, in my opinion. They're clearly connecting with an audience that wants to keep coming back. Yeah. So... Yeah, it's just cool seeing what's turned into, you know, the machine of the franchise reboot machine now, kind of the infancy of Fast and the Furious. Again, 
kind of like we've talked about another franchise that kind of got people kind of joke like turned into a joke franchise but maybe it was more of like a pioneer than we give credit for of connected universes of yeah. never-ending franchises of how to keep core storyline with core characters while still having people come in and out as you have to deal with actor yeah. schedules and egos you know yeah it, it is very interesting in that way and they're still going like that you got to give credit they're they still going in, in a way like i know they're still gonna go and they're probably gonna keep going until they all just were just too old to do it uh, <laughs> it won't surprise me but i honestly just want another one where we, let's go back to tokyo and start drifting a little bit again that would be a refresher for that franchise because where it's going right now it's trying to hype up this big grand like end game type finale especially they can't believe they split the 10th movie into three parts according to oh vin gosh. diesel unreal yeah and i was unreal. that really pissed me off because <laughs> i was enjoying how ridiculous it is but the way it ended i was like no don't do this spider-verse could, could do this and other mission impossible could do it but not not you fast don't yeah. do this don't 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 make me don't leave it on the lamest cliffhanger and make me want to get excited for the next one because i was just like no just end it now like you're there just end this saga now <laughs> I know it's a money thing. I know the more the you know, the they're day, probably in the millions. Yeah. yeah, but I'm like three parts. Like everyone's doing two parts, so it's very interesting. It's, I mean, I guess to. it is. Maybe it's another vision, a visionary move that in 20 years will be saying. Remember how we thought a three part finale was ridiculous, and now we've got quintuplet <laughs> finales. Yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> now they're doing. Oh, I know. The finale right? is going to be a 10 season. 10 episode a season uh, <laughs> TV show for the finale of a movie franchise. Oh That'd be funny if it just never ends. They just keep expanding. Oh, it's not, this is the end of this trilogy, but it's going to continue in the series. Like, no. The never ending finale. No. <laughs> I mean, soap operas have done it where they just keep just just making stuff up to yeah. re renew interest and bring it you know who knows why not why not that is true and and they are known for that they just bring in who's the who's the next big guy like they always get like the big actress like john cena was a nine and then the 10th one and onwards jason momoa is supposed to be the baddie and which he's having a blast which i give credit for at least he seems like he's on vacation not giving <laughs> a damn you know it's, it's, in that aspect it's kind of fun but if you're gonna take it seriously i could see people like oh this is so yeah fun. this is too this is too much but i don't know we'll see where this franchise goes man we'll, we'll see where what else they'll do and and how they'll end the saga if they end yeah why well, I, I was gonna ask for your pitch for a sequel but you already did it and i agree with your pitch i want to Tokyo still drifts. That's what I want to call it. Fast and the Furious. Tokyo still drifts. And I like it goes that. back, and we we get to see those characters again. Maybe the Yakuza nephew guy can be like the new main character, or like the new Godfather, mm -hmm. like uh, the new Mr. Miyagi who brings who's like the cool. He's kind of grown up, and maybe he's like more chill now, kind of like more like his uncle was, oh. where he's just more of like a. Hmm. He's not too no no less of a chip on his shoulder. I'd love to revisit him because again, I really liked him. Yeah. One thing I didn't yeah, he was quite good. get to. So the ending, they do a final race to yes. settle the beef. Basically, they're like, Sean yes. goes to the uncle, Uncle Yakuza, and he's like, Hey, me and your nephew and have I created so many problems for you. For us. I'm asking you to allow us to settle this once and for all. We race. And the loser leaves town for good. I've already beat this piece of shit once. Good. They should be easy. Yeah. 
he has no car so he yeah. has to rebuild his dad's mustang that his dad has been working on throughout the movie which i also thought that was a fun detail that his dad really becomes a part of the finale instead of just cool. being like good luck son like go yeah. to get him but he really is integral to, to to the finale and getting a new car and so he races the mm-hmm. the big bad guy chip on his shoulder he cues a nephew dk and he wins. It's a very intense race. He's able to win with the the crappy car. You know, it's very close. The Yakuza guy. Another thing I liked, he loses because of his arrogance. Like ultimately he, he, he messes up because he's worried too much about, he gets angry and his anger makes, has a make mistakes. So theoretically he probably could have beat yeah. Sean, which I like too. Cause that means Sean isn't actually better than him yet. He just raced better than him in that race. And then, so this is what gets me. Yeah. DK loses and it's horrible. Like it's a sad that he loses. Like, all right, you know, that's a bummer already. Yeah. But they, he goes in this crazy crash. He like flips off the road. He flies yeah. down, almost hits Sean again, landing on top of him basically as Sean's mm-hmm. done a turn and come below him. And then just yeah. basically lands on his head and gets like dragged out of his car by his friends. He's still alive and fine. But I felt so bad for him. I was like, you can't even let him have like a dignified ending because like he was never too bad of a bully. Like he was never he never like got too far. Like he's like you kind of get from his perspective, like, hey, like that is his girl. And he's yes, that's his girlfriend. Dude, yeah. I, know, part so. of me was like, dude, like stop. Yeah. Him on, like, like, don't be so blatant. Like they're going on dates while she's still technically like living at this guy's house. Like, like, yeah. And so that was interesting. Yeah. So, so anyway, I felt like he was definitely a bad guy, but he wasn't a bad guy. And he got treated, though, like he was like evil at the end. And I just like kind of I, I want justice for DK a little bit. And so I'd love a sequel where he gets to like have yeah. grown up and gets to be like kind of what I hoped he'd be at the end where he's like, you know what? Like we, we went car car to car, you know, and you beat me and you know, I, I didn't make the turns I needed to make. And like, I respect, you know, I respect yeah. that. And like, you know, at the end of the day, I still can get that. Like, I don't need, I can lose without, you know, being a total baby, but he never got that moment. I felt like he deserved, I felt like he deserved the hero arc a little bit, kind of like top gun where they're friendly rivals. And by the end, they're, they're brothers. You know what I mean? They kind of get, you know, they're oh, yeah, with hangman and rooster. Yeah. yeah. And it's funny you bring that up because I was watching the deleted scenes. Cause in the, final edit you don't see what happens to him after he crashes right you just see the car crash and you just he like gets out of the car and he's like mad and then that's it yeah and that's and that we see that and then the deleted scene is a part where he actually walks up to him all bloodied up up to the uncle and sean you know pretty much saying he's not he has no words he's just looking at them you know and i'm like oh why didn't they leave this in this movie i, I know you said for pacing reasons and i but that's kind of important to kind of show this aftermath of like okay i lose i yeah how he handled the loss yeah, yeah you need to see is if he's still a bully or if he got a chance to grow up and i felt like his character deserved a chance to like grow past it yeah no it, I, I felt like yeah he could have used could have used that actually maybe i'll send you the deleted scenes yeah i'd love to see about. it that's interesting because it almost does sound closer to that where he's not technically admitting he lost but he is still going and he's like he's not talking crap anymore yeah. like he acknowledged you know in yeah. his way he's acknowledging like i lost you beat me like i couldn't hang yeah a good visual of defeat on a you know through expression and, and emotion. yeah that's a shame you know, that got and, cut i think it deserved and either way 
not only deserved, but needed to the wrap up beat for his character. Again, how did he react to the loss? We know he's mad, but did yeah, he? Cause, yeah. Cause at least that would have been like, all right, he's just going to walk it off. You know, yeah. Go to the hospital. Yeah, also, I was like, <laughs> Is he dead? Like, I think they show him get up. Cause like, okay, he's alive at least. Yeah. <laughs> There's some crazy car crashes. People survive in this. <laughs> yeah. Even like civilians, right? Get crushed and stuff. So like I don't when, know. when Han gets crushed, the car that hits Han, that person probably probably died. Oh, the one that's in, before. Yes. Before it he was, was Jason. Changed to, yes. Oh, and <laughs> cause that's a bad smash. Yeah. <laughs> the first car crash that gets him sent to Japan when it's actually, and this, I wanted to give a little shout out. It is a, um, one of the sons from Home Improvement is in the very beginning. He's the first bully. Yeah, that kind yeah, the, of the um, son, kind right? of provokes yeah. Sean and gets him sent. <laughs> and he's he's racing over a girl, like what happens in Japan. Yeah, uh, but it's the oldest brother from Home Improvement plays the bully. Hey, you talking to my girl? Oh shit! Here we go. Yeah. She was just a mine, my rod. <laughs> my grandma's Buick could smoke that piece of shit trailer trash. <laughs> What about your daddy's Viper? This beast's got 500 horsepower and a Borla exhaust system. It does zero to 60 in like 4.3 seconds. That's about right. That's about, That's about right. Yeah. Wow. You can read the brochure. <laughs> but basically, they're racing yeah. through a house in development, and he, the bully ends up crashing the car with the hot girl in the car, and they crash head on into like a like a highway divider or something like that. And I'm like, oh, they're yeah. dead. They're so like, dead. Like, and then they show them later, and they just have like cuts and bruises on their face. And I'm like, no, no, no. That was like, that was a, that was a rest in peace crash. But there was a few of them in this one where I'm like, no way. That was definitely too. Dude, much. yeah. Even Lucas Black's car crash. Oh bad. yeah, and that's the same, like yeah, that same like opening smashed. Yeah. <laughs> when she has a bloody mouth, yeah. But They'd come on, like real life, you'd be having yeah, a lot yeah, more trauma. Like, <laughs> yeah, unit. You'd be in a hospital bed. Yeah. Uh, Again, it's a campy movie, so it I didn't bother me, but it was definitely a genuine, genuine surprise when they were just okay after some of those crashes. Be safe, everybody. Be safe driving. Cars are very dangerous. Rest in peace, Paul Walker. And I was also going to give a shout-out. I never watched his movies. I've only seen this actor in the first Kill Bill, but the uncle is played by the great martial artist Sonny Chiba, and he's he was in the first Kill Bill. He's one of the, the guys I think she fights, and then... He was. I only know that name because uh, True Romance, a Tarantino's written movie, was a gateway film when I was younger. And the opening scene, Christian Slater is going to the like kind of an obscure like movie theater showing classic films, and he's gonna see a Sonny Chiba triple feature, and he keeps quoting Sonny Chiba. So that's kind of like, oh, that's cool. I got it. You knew it was some, something important. Stuff. Yeah. So it's kind of cool that he's the uncle. Yeah. On that note, he had such a great presence. He definitely feels believable as like old wise Yakuza guy who's taken lives. And, um, I, I really liked him in this and, um, him with DK. I thought they were really yeah. good together. Their dynamic was so yeah. believable as like the stern, cool uncle versus the like hot, fiery chip on his shoulder nephew. Kind of similar to Kylo Ren, actually. I, don't, I hesitate yeah. to connect it to Star Wars, but I felt like DK and Kylo Ren had oh, a lot of cool. similar vibes to me. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, totally a guy that's trying to embrace his like, you know, family legacy, but he's also like, you know, he's going to the extreme out of his way to be like who he has to be, he thinks he has to be, you know, 
and felt like he wasn't as bad as he thought he was or as like cruel as he thought he was like he, like i felt like and that's kind of why i wanted that last yeah. scene if he was to give to be given another movie worth of development he could have been a guy who realized maybe he's not as like much of a, a cool cold cruel guy as his uncle and he doesn't need to be like maybe he can be more like han yeah. and just more of his own guy yeah, no, that would be great for a Tokyo Drift sequel to more humanize that guy. Because one thing that the franchise does well is, I, I know you've seen some, at least a good portion of them, but they always do a fun job making a guy you think who was bad in one movie and ends up becoming one of the yes, part of I've their noticed gang that. and starts to see a human side. Half the franchise, yes. And I do love that in general. I love when yeah. the bad guys end up becoming part of the gang. Like, I feel like they could do that with DK. They could bring him back in the future sequel. They need to utilize the Tokyo Drift world more. and Because I was going to tell you a theory of, I mean, we're in Fast and the Furious talks. I know this yeah, is more about sure. the whole franchise now, but Dominic Toretto's superpower of, a family like because i know that's like a thing that gets made fun of this franchise a lot is the more people he brings on his side this guy just gets powerful and just gets like more indestructible and smarter i don't know he gets more slick and he like feeds and off he gets of the things faster mind. like in a way it's like because each movie which i don't keep hyping up nine but there's a part in that movie where he's just super strong because let's just say they got more people on his side and he's able to just like tear down a whole like roof seller of a whole like prison it's just like what would you i love it <laughs> i won't spoil about how that happens but i, when can't, that, wait, I can't wait for you to see it it's always when we're family he's right we're family now i know you guys are family so i'm offering you a chance right now to make that family whole again you want to make this family whole again you don't turn your back on family your code is about family that's the only way you're going to keep your family safe your brother never told you never threaten a man's family? This is your family. It's who you are. This is my family. Thank you for the little angel, the newest addition to our family. And now you find your family with these drift nuts. So yeah, I don't know. Fast, fast and the furious family. And that's great that that, that line was indicating like, you know, Han was family. That was already like, oh, all right, so this is a real fast movie now. Watching that, knowing everything this time, so high so f fun hearing that it really was like when they go he says he was family to to han i was like yeah like let's do this like yeah. i want more like, I, they could have just gone right into another movie with dom and sean and i would have been mm -hmm. ready to sit and watch it right there you know in this age of like self-awareness and like kind of postmodern like deconstruction of yeah. characters and franchises I kind of love these franchises that have just like remained like oh, bullheaded. Yeah. They're having fun making them, even though they know it's not like a fully serious, but they're having a blast. You know, like, like I was mentioning, even the recent one, like Jason Momoa was yeah. on vacation, just goofing off, having a blast, being over the top. It's like, yeah, they're just embracing the camp, you know, with these movies now, not taking themselves a hundred percent seriously. They're not trying to make it the next, you know, here's, I, I, I know there's, when Ian brought up superheroes, because yeah, it is kind of becoming Marvel-ish a little yeah. bit by these newer ones, but 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 like what you're saying, they they still maintain that like yeah, we're just making these silly movies still. We're not trying to make it the next revolutionizing. No, and yeah, Vin Diesel's gonna like like have to have a moment where everybody's down, and he's gonna have to like inspire the crew, and like somebody's gonna appear to be bad, yeah. and then they're gonna realize that they were just brainwashed later, and they were never actually bad. Yeah, like. Mission Impossible, Top Gun, Fast and the Furious. 
I just appreciate that they've managed to maintain this like core velocity without ever having like, like even like James Bond, like they kind of did the reboot with like Daniel Craig, which I love the Daniel Craig Bond movies, especially like Casino Royale as a a special place for me. That was like my bond when I was growing up. Like, but even that has gone into this thing where like James Bond isn't now what it was originally. Like it's not really about techs and tech and gadgets. It's not really about some like cool guys swooping in to, you know, figure out everything perfectly. They've kind of gone into like the reflective mode. Yeah. Well, seems like we're um, shifting into James Bond. We'll save that for a future episode. Angelo, this was so much fun. Do you have any wrap up stuff or any fun facts, fun stories, anything you want to touch on before we uh, sign this one off and put it into the archive? Also, Toyota donated 4,000 tires to this film and almost half of them were used. So about 2,000 tires they burned through for drifting in this movie. Thank you, Toyota. And they donated them? Yeah. They they donated, yeah, all these tires. Wow, must have been a sponsor deal. They must show the logo a lot, but I don't... There were Toyota cars, yeah, in there. Makes sense. That's incredible. Yeah, I was thinking um, also in this movie, there's lots of scenes where people do big burnouts and there's a huge cloud of tire smoke. And I was just thinking about how gross that must have been for the actors to just be constantly breathing all of this disgusting, like burnt rubber smell they probably got so many headaches because the smell of brakes is already like uh, i don't like it you know so that i can imagine the smoke of of brakes tires coming yeah well so since you picked tokyo drift for this episode i will pick next week's i'm going to stay in japan this is going to be our first foreign language film on the show i believe with subtitles This is actually a movie you and I have a history with. We tried to see this in Los Angeles. There was one screening of it in theaters when it came out in 2016 that you and I tried to go to and it was sold out. So we weren't able to see it. I am picking 2016's Shin Godzilla. Oh, snap. All right. Okay. I still haven't seen it. So I don't know. Still haven't seen it. I haven't. I don't know anything about it other than when the trailers came out, it looked awesome. Oh, yeah. I believe there's a sequel to this universe of Godzilla called Godzilla minus one. That's coming out at the end of this year that I'm really excited about too. That's right. Yeah. So Shin Godzilla, one I want to see, never seen it. I, have you seen it? I have seen it. Is this a good pick? Uh, yeah. Uh, you it will know, be it fun bring... to talk about or is it going to be not much there to talk about? Be honest well, with me. depends how big of a Godzilla fan you are and how much you like the more Japanese style Godzilla movies. I mean, I'm not super familiar, but I, I like the idea of them truthfully you're you're down to watch it i'm down i haven't seen it since it came out did you see it in theaters no i i watched it on i am right though that we went to a theater to see it like 10 in we the did. morning and it was sold out it was the only showing it was at, right it was at the lemley in pasadena it was and it's so funny I, I i don't know why it was only showing on one screen like come on bring on godzilla to every big and it was screen. like one literally one screening at like 10 in the morning that was it they weren't it's not even like they were playing it for the day it was no. one one time they played it through in a theater that we found yeah and we can't even buy tickets online we even tried that we even went there an hour early it's already sold yeah, out it's already a line up. yeah mm-hmm. it was crazy was insane and i was so excited because we made the trip down there and yeah we've been watching this yeah that trailer was fantastic when back in the day when we were watching it so yeah so i've been i've been excited to watch this for about like seven years now so this is a good excuse to finally do it and um, all right yeah 
I'm glad you're down to watch it. And I will uh, hopefully we'll get Ian back for at least last four next week. But I'm going to tell him we're watching this and hopefully he'll maybe it'll perk his interest. Sounds good. Sounds great. So as we wrap up, Angelo, it's kind of coming a new thing. Favorite line from the movie. You know, this is a line that I feel like the Tom Cruise ripped this off in Top Gun, but I think Fast and the Furious did it, but it's not the car, it's the driver. But this one, I think, says it's not the car, it's the rider. He says something along those lines, and I just, oh, that's cool. I mean, hey, I mean, I love Top Gun also, but I found that very similar, and it's a line that's been you know, sticking with me for this movie. Yeah, I like that a lot. And if I have one, it's not a spoken line, or I can't repeat it, but it, I love the fishermen who are watching Sean train. Yeah. And at first, it just looks like they're annoyed of all the noise. And so you're just thinking that they're getting bugged. And then it shows them, and they go, You call that drifting? And they laugh at Sean. <laughs> and then later in the movie, they look at each other and just like kind of nod. And they go, Not bad, not bad. So those two little jokes I really liked. And I like the. I really liked those guys. Even though that's like the only two moments of the movie really they get, but truthfully, that cracked me up. It was just cute and fun and heartwarming. Because <laughs> they're just chilling, fishing, and I think they were fishing. I could be wrong. They, yeah, they're, they're fishing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just kind of paying attention. Well, Angela, that was awesome. I appreciate you joining me. Everybody, go watch a movie. Go watch a movie.